click, pay, and download instantly. Welcome to the podcast. Is that why you were looking at my shirt? Is because yeah. you're like, what is it called? <laughs> That's not going to help you with the second half. <laughs> the premiere Pipe pod podcast. band See, cast. You guys did the design because then you go by color. So you go yeah. from first straight forward and then you go by color. Okay, okay. Cheating over here. Yeah. I cannot believe you were the first person to mention something about that. I made the design and I didn't even think about that. I mean, I got it. I was like, oh, podcast is one color, pipe band is one color. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was creative. I like it. Anyway. Uh, hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on a special episode of Pod Band Podcast. Yay. Yay. Today, we thought we would talk about, you know, how do you choose an instrument? Some would say you just pick, but then what if you find out you're not really compatible with that instrument? Or, dare I say, that instrument has baggage. 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 You know, like people have baggage. Instruments have baggage, too. Yeah. That's how it is. You know, you get five years into playing bagpipes and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this is loud. I wish I had known about this <laughs> five years ago. It took you five years to notice that. I think you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you know... Sometimes you don't realize the baggage, but uh, today we're going to talk all about baggage. Baggage, baggage, baggage. And we have a non-pipe band person here. Thank you for joining us, sir. This is Sean Jones. This is my husband. He's forced to be here. Um, <laughs> and we're going to get him to pick an instrument that he would like to learn, and he's committed committed to learning this. Yeah, he's joining the band after this episode. And this is uh, my announcement to him that he's joining the band. <laughs> Congrats. So, be very careful about which instrument you pick. And you're going to pick entirely based on baggage. So, um... Why baggage? Because you want to know the flaws up front so you don't waste time dating the instrument. Exactly. Yes. You know, it's as if it were a dating game about, you know, the baggage that people carry. It's it's as if it were a game show. <laughs> as if it were. As if it but were. But this is our 100% original idea. Exactly. 100% original. You know, yes. we got we started thinking about that that episode we had where we talked about movie ideas, movie pitches. Yeah. And we're like, "Man, we have so many 100% original ideas. Let's do some TV shows now." Yeah. But instead of talking about the pitches, we're going to do it. Yeah. Our so own TV show. We're doing our 100% original idea. Um, for a quasi-dating game called Baggage. And it's called Baggage because there's a pipe bag. Yeah. And also, you know, baggage. Because you have a lot of bags when you, like, are in a pipe band. You have, like, your instrument case. You got, you know, a suitcase if you travel to games somewhere. You got, like, a sporin that's always on. That's a lot of baggage. A lot of baggage. That's not even in the instruments yet. Yeah. So that's, that's why baggage. Wouldn't it be easier to have... The instruments come out, and I say, next. 
but then you know, <laughs> see, you don't know them. You need to intimately get to know them you and all to... their flaws. Exactly, and they are going to come out. We are going to have them come out, and you can talk to them yeah, about yeah. their baggage. You'll have time to ask them some questions. Really get to know them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, let's meet the contestants. First up, we have, of course, bagpipes. Welcome to the show, Bagpipes. Thanks for being here, Bagpipes. Woo! Howdy, y'all. I'm Bagpipes, and I'd sure like to blow you a tune. Hey! Thanks for coming, Bagpipes. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. Next up, we got uh, the next most recognizable instrument in the band, the snare drum. Hello, snare drum. Yay, welcome, snare drum. Yay! What's up? I'm the snare drum. I got sticks, and I know how to use them, so you're going to learn how to use the... No, this this is not downhill. This is not happening. Yay, snare drum! <laughs> All right! Yay! Some, yeah, good time. Sounds like a, a fun a fun instrument. Um, Last, we have my personal favorite instrument, the tenor drum. Hey, tenor Welcome. drum. Hello, I am tenor drum. Uh... And I like to spin. I, you could say, I live in Spain without the A. And I am happy to be here. Nice to meet you, sir. I would like to be your instrument buddy. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so small the bass drum. There's no bass drum. There's only three. There's only three contestants on baggage. Have you not like, seen baggage? God. I thought this was the premiere episode. This is the premiere episode. <laughs> and on our show, there is only three contestants. Okay. Anyway, um, what were your first impressions of the instruments? Uh, I thought the, the tenor drum should have had a pun about being a perfect ten or something. You know, oh. Ten. Well. So that was a missed opportunity. Mm, tenor uh, drum. From the tenor Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy the bagpipes uh, <laughs> uh, pun, oh, and yeah. then uh, I I don't even remember snare drum. <laughs> it's uh, a that, very that's forgettable the, one. I mean, that's that's the way things go. Yeah, that's how it is. I mean, people are like, "Oh, bagpipes!" and like, "Wow, tenor drums are so cool to look at." And then, I guess snare is there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, this name of the show is baggage, so let's talk about some baggage. So the first piece of baggage we have is um, the more obvious baggage for each instrument. And you will realize what we mean when we talk about the baggage. Instruments, let's bring out your first piece of baggage. Yay. Bagpipes. Bagpipes. You'll never stop tuning. Uh, yeah, you know, like um, when you just tuned and then you walk two steps and then... You're out of tune again, and that's bagpipes for you. It's a, it's a bag bad time bag bag time. <laughs> All right, thanks bagpipes. Thanks for that. That's uh, sounds like a a bad time. A bag time. Bad time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Next, we've got the snare baggage. Come on out, snare, and open your baggage. All right, snare. You will be required to play non-stop, especially when somebody is talking. What can I say? I got hands that kind of move, and I don't like a quiet room. 
Thank you. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> no quiet rooms around the snare drum. No, sir. Um, okay, now we'll bring out the tenor drums baggage. What's your baggage? A mallet could fly off your fingers and hit someone. How embarrassing. Uh, yes, is uh, is embarrassing. It's happened five times to to, to most recent uh, drummer in the band, and it's uh, very a bad time. But you know, then the the people you get to meet new people because you hit them, and then they like, hey, you hit me, and it's like, oh, sorry. All right, thanks, tenor drum, for that making new friends with your baggage. Uh, okay, Sean, what are your initial thoughts on their small baggage? The snare drums one doesn't seem that bad. It, you know, it really gives you a workout. So I'm kind of okay with always having to play, especially if it's someone I don't want to listen to. Uh, the bagpipes baggage is probably the most annoying at this point, um, just due to the fact that I I have an understanding that Tuning something or tuning the bagpipes isn't as simple as as you go, you turn a knob or as you go, you pull out a slide valve or anything like that. But someone really actually has to pretty much get behind you and pull on the uh, sticks. Yeah, the drones. Good job. <laughs> the drones, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, can the bagpipes affect their tuning based on how they're blowing? Let's ask bagpipes. Hey, bagpipes, can you affect your tuning based on how you're blowing? Uh, you know, uh, just kind of. Uh, I try real hard, but, you know, it, it kind of does, but then it's, you know, you know. No, I don't know. You know how it is. You'll get to know, Sean. Don't even worry about <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> and then uh, the tenor, that seems like the easiest one. Like, hitting people, that's like... Half of what you want to do in life is hit people. So totally fine hitting someone. That doesn't even seem like baggage to me. You're good with hitting people? Yeah. I wouldn't even be embarrassed by it. I would be like, wow, what an honor. You got struck by the tenor drummer. Mm, sounds like he's got a favorite so far. Mm, I wonder why. That was a pretty convincing pitch. Good job, tenor drum. Okay. Um, we have some secret baggage next. So at this point, we're going to bring out some secret baggage, and you're not going to know who this baggage belongs to. But based on this baggage and this baggage alone, you're going to eliminate one of the contestants. Okay. And then after you eliminate the contestant, you will find out who you eliminated. So let's hope you eliminate your least favorite and keep your most favorite. Okay. Let's see. Bring out the baggage. Baggage number one. Everyone will be watching you. Hmm. Interesting, mysterious baggage. Do you have any thoughts on that baggage first? Before we go on to the next one? I don't know. Like, I, I can't place who that would be. Do you, um, would you be okay with everyone watching you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it sounded like, if you're okay with hitting people, then you're probably okay with everyone watching you. Yeah. Although, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that this might be, like, the band leader guy. Hmm. Who doesn't, who's not one of the contestants. We don't know. Trying to find a twist or something? There's yeah. no a twist. twist here. It's twist. straightforward. Three sets of baggage. Expect the unexpected. 
Thank you, Julie. <laughs> All right, what's the next baggage? Um, people would either love you or hate you. There's no in between. Oh yeah, that's easy. <laughs> what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a love hate thing. Yeah, makes sense. Are are There's you no in between? If you had that instrument as your main instrument, would you be upset with this baggage? Or would you be like, oh, that's just how it is? Yeah, I have a, I have that mentality. It just it is what it is. Keep living okay. life. I've so, I've gone past that point of caring what people think. Oh, that's nice. So neither of these two baggages. Would They're not make deal you... breakers. They're not deal breakers, right? Okay. All right. Okay. Let's let's see the last piece of baggage. The basics can be redundant. Thoughts? I mean, basics usually are redundant, <laughs> aren't they? Ain't that the truth? For most things, I think. Uh, yeah. That one's probably, like, out of the three for this round, that one's probably the worst one. Well, okay. Now well, you have to eliminate someone. Yeah, who would you eliminate based on Which baggage? baggage? Hmm, this is a tough one. Because am I doing it based on who I think it is? Or am I doing this based on the baggage of this particular round? There's two schools of thoughts that go along with it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to choose one ultimately. And it's my decision and my decision alone. Have you been on a game (laughs) show before? (laughs) (laughs) No, just, you know, you got to try out. You have to go through auditions and producers and whatnot. (laughs) So I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. Uh, I think I'll have to, I'm going to eliminate the love-hate. Alright, let's see which bag, which instrument he eliminated. That was the bagpipes! Oh no! no. Sorry, bagpipes. What a tragedy. So, what school of thought did you go with? Um... Who I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> so you just have something against bagpipes then? Yeah, the reed instruments. So, um, backstory on me, I played in band, and we had tryout. And the way that we picked our instrument was we tried out every instrument. And I was never good with reed instruments, so I had to go with a brass instrument. So did you try out the drums? Yeah. And did you enjoy drumming? It was alright. Oh, okay, well... well. All right, then. Well, you've now eliminated the only um, wind instrument, I guess. Yes. And uh, let's see if you're blowing a bunch of hot air with with the the last baggage. But the the bagpipes have to say their final thoughts before they... Oh, that's right. I'm sorry, bagpipes, for not giving you your your due here. (laughs) They usually get their due. You know what I mean? It's like they've spoken enough. Bagpipes, have you spoken enough? No, I absolutely have not. I cannot believe the way I have been treated in this establishment. Um, Zero out of ten would not be on baggage again. Do not appreciate this. Uh, Just because I got a tune and people hate me or they love me, uh, clearly you hate me, and I do not appreciate that. Yeah, that was very rude. I think we're going to have to cut that. Cut that in post. <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, we may have to cut this episode. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All 
yeah. All right. Well, you still have two contestants left to choose from. Let's find out what their final piece of baggage is. And based on this baggage, which is the biggest baggage of them all, you will be making a final decision. Okay. Are you excited for this? Yes. Who are you? Are you leaning towards any particular instrument now? No. no. So this is a 50-50. You got a good shot here. Instruments. Woo. Woo. Okay. Let's see what the biggest baggage of them all is. The snare's baggage. You could be playing well, but still get cut from the competition just to balance ensemble. Hmm. Snaredom, would you like to elaborate on this, uh, this baggage? I never get cut. You pick me, we'll be the best duo in town. We'll be in charge. But uh, unless you don't practice, then we might get cut. But that'll be your fault. <laughs> so you could get cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on this, contestant? Actually, I'm incredibly lazy. So, you know, getting cut at the very end, it could be worse, you know? I got I got a nice little trip, and then I'm like, hey, I don't even have to do the competition right now. <laughs> but you but you worked towards it. Yeah. And you never then got then the payoff. Like, yeah, but like there's corn dogs and stuff. <laughs> and like, while people are doing competition, those lines are a lot shorter, you know? So now we found out the real reason why Sean isn't in the band. <laughs> Every competition, is he watching the band? No, he's getting a corn dog. Yeah. Or um, what are those uh, the fried things with the sugar? Oh, funnel, funnel cakes. cakes. Funnel cakes. Yeah. Oh, mm. Can't, can't eat that if you're competing. I know, because you get it all over your mm-hmm. kilt. Get it with the the nacho cheese, and then it gets all <laughs> it's all messed black. Up. It's it's just covered in black. Yeah, and that's not the colors of the kilt. It's re- really hard to clean. You have to get it dry cleaned. <laughs> well, there we go. So the, the snare drum baggage is not a big deal. Then. Not a big deal. So there, there's potential there. There's a there's definitely potential. There. Oh, we need to find out what the snare drum's medium baggage was. What their we need to find out what the snare drum's secret baggage was. Oh yeah, the snare was um, the basics can be redundant, and the tenor was everyone will be watching you. Yeah, see, that that, that pulls it back because with the snare. With the basics being redundant, that's probably the worst baggage of that particular round. Why is it the worst baggage? Because it's just boring. It's like, get to it, you know? <laughs> Making me practice the same rudiment over and over. Right. It's like, I already know how to walk. Let's just get on to the practice for the running, you know? All right. Well, well anyway, um, what's the tenor drum's biggest baggage? No one will ever hear you, and if they do, you're in trouble. Hmm. Tenor Drum, would you like to give a little commentary on on that? Uh, yeah. I try, and I play, and I make nice noises, but then they they tell me I'm I'm too loud, and that Tenor Drums uh need to balance with the ensemble, and I don't like that. I like. My my little triplet runs, those are pretty neat. And then my, you know, they you just go down the line with a bunch of tenors, and they um, they sound cool doing our little thing. But then people are like, oh, too much tenor, and yeah, that's that's sad. That's some that's some sad baggage right there. Sad bag right there. Sad bag. <laughs> sad bag. <laughs> the big sad bag. That's a drum. That's not a bag. Oh, oh, you know the sad I mean? drum, right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
thoughts? Oh, I have no thoughts to it. Oh. You have no thoughts? No, I was listening to it and it was just going right over my head. <laughs> I was listening and then I wasn't listening. <laughs> Would you like us to repeat the baggage? No, see, it's perfect no, I, I... because the tenor shouldn't be her. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so taking into consideration all of the baggage you've heard so far for mm-hmm. the two remaining instruments, what do you think of the snare drum? Snare drum's pretty cool. It's kind of loud. Um, I have to do like a lot of work. I have to figure out rhythm. That's going to be a hassle. You know you have to do that for the tenor too, right? Not really. You just hit it, you hit it like once every eight seconds. That's fine. <laughs> and it's never heard. So Right. You know. And then even if you mess up, who really cares? It's all about the flourish, you know? <laughs> okay. So what are your thoughts on the tenor drum baggage? I mean, I just kind of said it, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any further thoughts? Uh, further thoughts? Um, no. Are you ready to make a decision? Yes, absolutely. All right. Which contestant, which instrument will you be learning? Snare. Oh. That's it. It's super fast. Wow. Didn't expect so that. what led to your decision to learn snare? I want to be the center of attention, but if I'm not good enough, I want to play. <laughs> okay. Sure. All right. That's kind of weird logic, but okay. If I'm like a virtuoso, then, you know, I'm going to get a lot of praise. And I'm going to be the center of attention. But if I'm terrible, no one's ever going to know because I'm never going to play. So maybe what you're saying is you want to try an instrument and yeah. if you enjoy it and you're good at it, then you'll stay with it. Yes. Okay, that's good. That's makes more sense to me. <laughs> I mean, because then if you if you try out snare and you don't like it, you go to a different one, right? If you can't play snare, you play you play tenor probably, <laughs> right? Does that sound no. right? We'll let our listeners decide if no. that's the case. <laughs> Honestly, I've always been a tenor in, at heart, and by playing i've never played another instrument adele has always been a tenor yes yeah look it's at that not a default pity prize like if you can't you, play snare if you can't play bagpipes i mean that's just it right like there's <laughs> nowhere else, there's nowhere else to go you have to completely learn something different because there's nothing like it uh, yeah that's true <laughs> that's a good point well, congratulations, Snare. Yay! Yay! Would you like to say a few words to your new buddy here? I didn't see this coming, um, but I'm glad it did, and I'm looking forward to eating corn dogs with you. That means the Snare Drum thinks you're not good. That's fine. That means they don't. <laughs> it doesn't have high hopes. It doesn't have high hopes for you. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> you can eat corn dogs together. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yay. As, Yay. You know, he doesn't have to believe in me to be my friend. Oh, Believe it. I feel like you should have to believe in someone to be their friend. <laughs> That's probably a good thing for a friend to do. Oh, yeah, you're right. I guess I just have a lot of bad friends, don't I? <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. What is that I hear in the distance? Uh, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Boom, boom, boom. 
that's the sound of some oversized baggage. The biggest baggage of them all. I think I said that before about the big baggage, but this is actually the it's biggest bigger. baggage of them all. We have a twist. Oh no, there we have a, a twist. <laughs> so you think you've made your decision on the snare drum? Yes. Suddenly, there's an opening. <laughs> What's the opening? The, the opening. The center. Is- of you the band. S- you said you wanted to be the center of attention. Yeah. And now we bring to you our final uh, plot twist, our final instrument, the bass drum. Drop that bass. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, the bass drum, as we understand it, just has one piece of baggage. What is the baggage? It is the baggage because it's large and it'll give you back pain (laughs) the (laughs) biggest baggage of them all um yeah bass drum uh is you gotta carry that thing everywhere you gotta be the center of attention you're the only one in the band you gotta be at every gig you gotta be at every show every competition you never get cut even if you're playing bad (laughs) you can never be sick you can never take a day off um you have to always be on the beat or everyone messes up. And even if they mess up, they can still blame you. <laughs> so uh, even if it's not your fault. Um, yeah. That sounds to, like more than one baggage. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> there's, a like, lot, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> yeah, there's one big baggage, but it's filled with a lot of small baggage. Yes. <laughs> it's like a, a Russian nesting doll of baggage. Yes. Okay. That Would you is, like to open that baggage? Or will you close it and continue with the snare? No, bass. You're. Why are you picking bass now? <laughs> because it's badass. <laughs> <laughs> bass is badass. I mean, why. you can't spell badass without bass. True, yeah. <laughs> true. That is true. So, you know, you get to whack it real. Like you get to whack it not as as many times as a snare, which I feel is annoying because you have to do that like drop technique. And I'm just like, man, that's going to be a bitch to learn. <laughs> but <laughs> So you hit it like a tenor, you know, just like one note at a time. And you get two. So you're not doing it like once every four beats. It's like, doom, 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 doom. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it feels like, and then the rhythms aren't, I feel, aren't that hard. So, bass is, yeah, I'm going to learn this bass. I can carry it because, like, I'm already, like, Rody Jr., so I already carry a lot of stuff. I actually already carry the bass around. <laughs> I'm actually the guy that carries the bass, so that's not an issue to me. So, but if you're playing bass in the competition, you won't be able to eat a corn dog. Yeah, but that's why you have children. Eventually, they'll grow up, and then they can get the corn dog. And then when you come off of competition floor, they give you the corn dog, and they're like, "Good job, Dad." Okay. Yeah, Co- congratulations, Dad. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing for now. Alex is our wonderful bass drummer and also editor. Um and he's he's in the competition and you are not, so you can get the corn dogs for him and be like, "Congratulations, Alex." <laughs> I do do that. <laughs> uh yeah. That's a, that's a good time. But now at least we know if you were to learn an instrument, it would be bass drum. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's that's fun. Thank you. Uh, oh, sorry, tenor drum. 
friend snare drum. You guys are out. Bye. Bye. You don't even get to say anything on your way out. You just gotta leave. No final thoughts. Get out. Get out. Okay, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone, uh, for joining our show. But uh, watching our, listening to our show. I don't know. It's a podcast. Experiencing. Yes. Yes. Experiencing the show. You can watch it, by the way. This is a podcast, but... We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash podbandpipecast, where for the low, low price of $5 plus tax per month, you can watch the video of all of our episodes and you get to see these instruments actually talking about their, their baggage here. And it's fun because yes, the instruments are going to talk. It's how it be. Yes. Maybe we should put that in the beginning. I don't know. Yeah, that that'd probably be better at the beginning. Okay. Well, anyway, thanks for <laughs> experiencing our show. Um, this was fun. Did you have fun, contestant? Yes. Good. Maybe we'll have you back again. I don't know. Kind of hard to get a hold of. <laughs> don't know how to don't know how to track you down. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed this show, then support us on Patreon for exclusive content as well as the video of us recording this. We'll have special exercises we'll be writing as well as tips and tricks with tenor drumming and other instruments to come. Um, Subscribe to us on YouTube for some tenor tutorials and possibly other tutorials later on. Um, And like us on Facebook at Podband Pipecast. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Stella Rosa Royale is always invited to the neighborhood potluck and the backyard barbecue and Sunday dinner with the family. That's because Stella Rosa Royale has a bold, semi-sweet red berry flavor and more alcohol than other Stella Rosa wines that pairs well with any food. So grab a seat next to Stella Rosa Royale. Food's best friend, best served, chill. Celebrate, Stella Rosa. Celebrate responsibly. He used to work for bed, but now he doesn't. So let's have a slumber Hi, Hi, I'm Tim Murray. And I'm Peter Kim. And you're listening to A Slumber Party. <laughs> well, if you haven't turned it off now, I think we got gotcha. you. We got gotcha, you, bitch. We got gotcha you for the rest of the time. That's right. That's as bad as it's going to get. Congratulations. Give yourself a pat on the back. Pat, 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 pat. You made it through, listener. Oh, my God. It is <laughs> deathly hot. It's so fucking hot. I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't so hot. That was the craziest sound I've heard <laughs> a person make. Slammer! No. No. <laughs> I like, oh. now embrace how bad we sound.
Yeah, because well, at first we were trying too hard to harmonize, and right. it's just like it's too hard. It's, it's easy to too, be bad. It's actually one of people don't know this, but it's impossible to harmonize. It and is. We've proven that here on. We this have, podcast. and we won't do it again. No, it's one of the hardest things that pe- that the humans try to do. That's right. It's actually not physically humanly possible. As we've yeah, proven it's astrophysics and then harmonizing. <laughs> <laughs> Both up there. Yes. Speaking of astrophysics, this uh-huh. is the first time we're seeing each other while we saw each other yesterday. But yeah. since we've been proven geniuses. How? What do you mean? We got out of that escape room. <gasps> Bitch! Yes! Oh my God. That was the most fun I've ever had in my life. Okay. If you guys are into escape rooms, you have to check out this one called Lab Rats. <laughs> right. But what's the company that does it with an H? Like Hesco? Oh, Hatch. Hatch. Yeah. Hatch escape rooms. It's downtown ish. Yeah. The the theme is lab rats. And yeah. I've done a lot of escape rooms because of you mm-hmm. and your boyfriend. Yes. Who is obsessed. He's obsessed. He worked in an escape room for a while, so we got to do them for free. Yes. So then he became like super obsessed. And we did I think we did twenty three escape rooms. That's fucking nuts. In, like, That's psychotic. A couple months for free. For, for, uh, yeah. yeah, hopefully that shit is expensive. So expensive. The one, the hatch one is expensive, but it's yeah. so worth it. It's that was, was it the best one, one you've ever done yeah, out of the twenty six. That yeah. was I've only done four or five. That was the most intricate one. I was like, I I'm usually good at them. Okay, I'm patting my back again, but I'm pretty good at you solving good problems, at right? Yeah, you are. Yeah, I am, and it's one of the few things that I find joy in and yeah. pride. But um, this one was very hard. Yeah, it was yeah. really hard. And I liked it because I'm not good at the logic stuff. But I You know what? You're good at pattern recognition. Yeah. You're good for saying that. You're good at like shapes, colors, things that repeat. You're like, yes. oh, this one was here in another drawing. Mm-hmm. You're good at that stuff. I'm a visual learner, so th- I'm, that stuff helps. And I'm very good at I don't know what this is called, but like the physical findings, almost like the scavenger hunt element of it. I'm always the person that can like look at the bigger picture and be like this key is going to be in that corner under that thing. Yeah, that's called autism spectrum. Oh! This- <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to be diagnosed. And- By the way, did I tell you about this? Um, my friend's kid who ha- who's... Uh, I, are you supposed to call them autistic or on the spectrum? It depends, I think. I think there is... Uh, the autism spectrum and uh-huh. i think there is i think that you're like autism we classic wrong but i'm not sure yeah well anyway he has something great and but thing is like i've realized that i am most comfortable around my friends autistic kids interesting yeah that's interesting because there's no like there's no like um they seem more confident yeah you know they're rude that's why you like them. That's they're why direct. I like they're direct. They don't not a lot of social anything. nonsense. Yeah, not a, none of that bullshit. Yeah, which I do love. I love that. <laughs> I love to be around that. I am not that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, but see I what like. You're I like it when people are that way to me. I'm like, okay, I direct. see what's happening here. Yeah. yeah, that this kid, I was hanging out with him, and he was like, Peter, can I ask you a question? I was like, sure. What's up? And he was like, Why is your neck so thick? <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at his dad, my friend, and his. I was like, sorry, and I was like. I really want to say because I'm swallowing too much cum. You know, like I oh. wanted. To- <laughs> oh, oh my god! And I wanted to see if how he would react. You know, <laughs> but I was just like, I guess it's genetics. And he was like, Oh, you want to know something cool about genetics? And I was like, No, no, uh, don't try to teach me. Yeah, yeah. Okay? After you fucking uh, embarrass me. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what disorder you have. I'm not going to give you leeway to be. T- Teaching. I feel like my neck is so fat now. Like that's all I look at now after I, that interaction with that kid. That is the hard thing about kids is 
They'll, they'll scar you. you. <laughs> they'll scar you. They're truth tellers. They're truth tellers. I teach kids. I teach uh, a couple of kids who are on the spectrum. Oh, are they I, your favorites? They are, actually. See? I love to teach them because yeah. they're direct. Yeah, they like take what I'm saying and they are honest with me. If, yeah. If they don't understand what I'm saying. They don't bullshit They me. don't lie. They're like, what does that mean? Autistic kids can't lie. Yeah, it's amazing. That's what I like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like very fun and cool to watch them really grow. And there's one girl who like really has a hard time. Um, being around people and she has a hard time speaking in public and she's like blossoming so much. That is really cool. As much as the job that I work at is a total scam for those kids that like really need acting classes and improv classes can like really help kids that need help with public speaking and help being around other students. Get out of their shell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of which this, our guest today is not, she's has so many hyphenates. One of them being a great improv teacher. And I know this for uh, a fact because she she's very like motherly, yes, and, and very caring and nurturing. I know her from Chicago, and very smart, very smart, and very funny, very funny. She is a comedian, a writer, Emmy, Emmy award, award winning, winner. <laughs> double, double, two, twice, okay. and look stunter, stunting, stunting. Bitch. I'm the, when she was showing these photos of her at the Emmys, I said, oh. "Beat." Turning looks. Stunting pretty. pretty. She's the bitch from, from the Windy City. Oh, yeah. Yes. Please give it up for Miss Vengna. Oh, my God. I wanted that intro to go on forever. Wow. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. being here. For I'm me. so glad you're here. We've me wanted too. you on for a long time. Thank we you. Have. I've wanted to be on for a long time. But we couldn't because we only do weekdays and you were working for That's a while. Right. Yes. Right. I'm on, on something. Right now. Yeah, you are on hiatus. You're hopefully. a writer on a daytime talk show. That is correct. We can't say who it is, but I've never glad- heard of the Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> <laughs> She's back. She's back. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so glad you're here. I texted you this on your birthday the other day. Happy belated. Thank Happy you so belated. much. 33, baby. Yes. Wow. How do you feel? I feel good. I'm like, I'm really excited about 40. <laughs> <gasps> okay. Tell, talk to me about that because I've been really leaning into that. I'm a little, a few years older than you. Yeah. I was so excited for 30. Mm. Um, so now I'm like, I'm like trying to have that mindset also for 40. I think, um, I just become more powerful with, oh. uh, with age? each passing de- oh. a- year and decade. And, um, I really think that actually this is true. Peter read my palm. In Chicago. Did you know I read palms, Tim? No. <laughs> but are you surprised? But I, I assumed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Peter read my, and he said, you're going to have success in your 40s. <laughs> I did say that. He did tell me that. Wait, do you actually read palms or you were just being a stupid bitch? No, he no, reads I palms. I do read palms. I don't do it often because people harass me. People are like, yeah, this, should, this is not an ad for Peter to read your palms. No, I actually don't like doing it. Yeah. And you know it. Like when yeah. I was... I, I, I've learned from my grandma. It's very just like simple, basic. Like, I'm not going to tell you a lot of intricate stuff. It's just more about like, here's what patterns I see mm-hmm. or whatever, you know? Um, but uh, it came true for our other friend. Mm-hmm. A lot of her friends actually about love, about this, about that. Yes. Oh, I did predict. And you predicted lo- John too. I did predict John. As I said, you're going to have two big loves. Cause and you I, were with And Chris I just come then? out of my relationship with Chris. We were together for five years and now oh, I'm engaged shit. to John. Yeah. And we love John. We love John. John Shout out to John Colum. What I was texting you on your birthday was I was just that I was so excited that I moved here and that I met you. Your whole crew of like Chicago comedy people has been so embracing and welcoming is so nice people and say that all the time yes we get that all, anytime i have it's people really over great. they're like i love your chicago friends you've got good friends and yeah. i was like yeah. do i <laughs> <laughs> i can't get them the fuck Where out of my house at? i keep asking them to leave 
But yeah, you're so I and I think this is rare, especially in the comedy world and just in show business in general. But you're just like a very warm, welcoming energy. Thank you very much. Yeah. I really I I'm glad to hear that. And you do a brilliant balance of that and being really funny. Because normally when yeah. you see people like there's some they who shall not be named some people in this business who are like popping off and very successful who are very funny, mm-hmm. but then like you meet them in person and you're like, oh my god. Breathe. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I know what you mean. Relax. Yeah. But you're also like personable and so fun. There's so many people who are always on yes. in this industry. It's uh, exhausting to be around. But you're them. so funny without having to feel like you're like on. Yeah. Fucking yeah. working for it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Stretching. Like, God damn it. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't think you stretch for the laughs. No. Yeah. And I but also. She gets them. She get, you get them. Doesn't need to stretch. <laughs> yeah. Goes right, into the, goes right into the sprint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be frank, uh, Eric and I were talking about suddenly stand up and we we're like, oh, I was like, let's get Bendis. She, you know, she just finished her stand up class and she's really good. And he was like, but she's only done it once. And I was like, yeah, but she's been performing forever. Right. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. no, you, uh, for sure, maybe you won't be selling out nights across the country with mm. your five minutes of material, no. you know? But can you do five minutes at a showcase and kill it? Absolutely. I don't even have to know what your set is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It's like one of those people who are like, I've seen you perform enough where I could just be like, hey, can you fill five? Well, and it's also like just trust, to- being able to trust somebody to like be prepared. Right. Because I've definitely, I've, I've produced shows and things like that in the past where I'm like, oh, my friend is so funny and sweet and talented. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to have them on the show. And they show up and they haven't prepared anything. They're just like, I'm going to rely on my wits. And I'm like, and they bomb. Yeah. And you're like, that's why. Because you didn't try. You didn't, you just thought, you you just thought. You, 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 you could just show up. Yeah. yeah. You, you could just show up and you were wrong. Yeah. yeah. And that's like a very improv person. Yes. I, stand-ups rarely do that. Stand-ups are like. Oh, I'll come with my five. It might not fit into your show. Right, right. right. And I'm not going to yes and any of your costume and theme choices, but <laughs> you're going to get a hot five out of me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a very improv thing, too. Yeah. But you are a consummate professional. Well, and I think that's why you have the job you have writing mm. for uh, uh, Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> because you can't write for Pee Wee Her- Herman when you don't show up to fucking work, when you're not prepared, yeah. when you're not doing your homework. Like, you do your due diligence. So much of like a job is just like showing up on time and yeah. do and just yeah. like do the work and not you know be a dumbass like that's like so much of it and as long, and if you have if you're talented you're funny if you're personable that's just bonus 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 right. you yeah. know right yeah so you moved to LA a year before I did or two years? Two, in September, it'll be four years. I moved here in 2015. Yes. Yeah. I remember when you left, we had like a whole going away thing. Oh my and God. It was so Boy, sad. Boy, did I milk it, you guys. You did milk it. I said, it. I'm moving in a year. <laughs> <laughs> And then I and I, I just lost my job uh, a job at Chicago Children's Museum. I, won't, I don't mind naming that place. Uh, they, to the yeah, like they had like fired like eighteen people that year, and I was one of them. So a lot of comedians I, letting them go. There. Yeah. That is the reason I am doing a podcast is so that we can drag these shitty employers. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Drag the people that have been shitty to us. Okay, let's start with McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> you should have had breakfast all day a long time, time ago. ago. Yes. Right. When we were children, where was the breakfast all day? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I and so I was like, great, I'm going to have one more year in Chicago. I got a job serving pie and coffee at a shop, a seven-minute walk from my house. Yes. I spent the last year having a nice 
time putting oh, up man. shows. I, yeah. I competed for Miss Andersonville, which That's was a right. pageant in my neighborhood. What is that? So Andersonville is like this old Swedish neighborhood in Chicago. And it was like, I think their 50th anniversary. So they did, they brought back the Miss Andersonville pageant. And the way you had to win was to raise the most money for your nonprofit. So it wasn't based on like beauty or whatever, but they did have a talent show. They did have yeah. like a costume portion and I made it this it was big fun. Swedish like It was super yeah. fun. That's so fun. You're half Swedish? Danish, half Danish, but I lived but the in neighborhood, Andersonville. Yeah. yeah, in the neighborhood Swedish. Wait, but um, for our listeners who don't know the difference between Danish sure. and Swedish. A hundred percent. What is that? So on the on a map of Europe, um, Sweden uh-huh. and Norway hang down like uh, my dad would say like two balls. That's how he described it to me. To remember the Baltic Sea is beneath Baltic. them, and then uh, and Denmark's another country that's a little peninsula off of Germany and made up of like a thousand islands, but like one big peninsula. It's tiny. Denmark's only a country of five million people. Oh, that's way smaller than it's I saw. Very small. So um, that's smaller than L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's teeny tiny. Wow. That's a, quarter of new york city yeah yeah almost that's crazy that i don't know anything about geography mm-hmm. and <laughs> we could tell mm-hmm. yeah you can smell it on me <laughs> because in the third grade we had mrs hammond shout out to mrs hammond our third grade teacher and she um was supposed to teach us the state capitals but she didn't and so then the next year we got to mrs johnson's class in the fourth grade and this was the first group lie first group mind i ever experienced mrs johnson was like so you guys learned the states last year and we we're like uh-huh and she was like and you learned the capitals obviously and we all just like took a pause all 30 of us and we just kind of looked, made eye contact with each other and went uh-huh wow. and we, if i see any of those kids from my k through a class to, to this day we'll come up to each other and be like don't know your capitals, bitch. Wow. <laughs> it's like our so cute crazy. little secret that we have that's we're all stupid. <laughs> <laughs> our cute dummy secret. <laughs> Damn. That's so funny. But that's so fun that you competed in that pageant. Yeah. So that was my last I moved to LA after that. Um I did not win. I did get Miss Congeniality, which was thank <gasps> you so much. Nina yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was the Nina West that the guy who won um was a beautiful man. He was who, Asian, right? I think was he a drag queen? He wasn't. He wore the little blue speedos. Oh yes, yes. He, he was like very pretty. He was a little like Instagram thought. And he was raising money for a nonprofit theater in the neighborhood. Oh yeah. But I was raising money for homeless LGBTQIA youth. So what the fuck? So you know what I mean? I don't know. But which is the more deserving cause? Most of, <laughs> well, most of the people performing at that theater were probably homeless LGBTQ. <laughs> That's true. That or near, or, or soon about to be. To be. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> That's uh, so cool, though. And you're liking it here? I am. I think I came in with the right... A lot of people came to from Chicago to L.A. before me. There was like a wave before. Came in, I think, assuming that it was just going to happen right away. Doesn't that always happen? Isn't yes. that the, like the big myth? The two things you always hear in Chicago, and if you're a comedian, is, oh, I'm not going to L.A. until they call me with a job. Yeah, so much of that. That's like the number one thing you hear everyone That's say. That's very New York, too. Yeah. yeah. I'll go there when the job takes me there. Yeah, yeah when I'm forced to be out there. Right. As if it's a chore to live in L.A. And you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then secondly, people always complain about like, Oh, the driving and the traffic, I could not, I could never do oh, it. Oh, yeah. As if, like, that's any worse than fucking being stuck on a red line train. Or waiting for the train with, in the cold. In the cold, in, in the, the fucking negative 50 degree snow yeah. Did you see the video of the rat on the New York City subway this oh, week? Oh, my God. Two no. huge videos climbing two. a pole. Like, that <laughs> was one. That was one video. That was disgusting. The other video was a 
full ass train and they were all all the adults look like they're playing the floor is lava everyone is sitting on the <laughs> on their, with their legs propped up in the air and like doing oh, I hate it. and you see the rat just and their people are standing on the benches oh, women are I'm screaming itchy. I'm itchy. making it, way for a rat for a rat not one person was like let's step on it or kill it but yes, traffic's terrible. I know. Here. You know, so many rats in my Kia Sorento. <laughs> oh, Meanwhile, I was at my friend Trey Gerald's pool today. Yeah, but Hello. okay. A I know. So hard flex. living here. Isn't that so stupid? It's and, so stupid. And I came in with the right mindset, which I was like, it's going to take a long time. I'm I'm nobody here. Yeah. So let me just settle in. And the sooner I get there, the sooner I can work. And you've been something. here, what, three years now? Three and a half, almost four. Three, oh, three and a half, almost four years. And in those four years, you won two Emmys. That's so you won so one cool. Emmy every two years, bitch. <laughs> are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You are you sure you're not an Asian immigrant? Because you <laughs> are. Maybe trying. I'm actually 40 now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like oh, I yes. think I'm 33, but actually, yeah, you, you hit your peak. <laughs> tell us about the Emmys. Was it cool? Yeah, tell us. Um, well, so all of the other writers in my in our room were like, it's very boring. It's the daytime mm. Emmys. Unless you watch soaps, you're not going to really recognize any. Maybe you'll see Alex Trebek. And I was like, who's Ooh. hosting? Um, <laughs> you'll love this. So it's a. Uh, not one of the Osmonds, uh-huh. but one of the Osmond brothers' sons. Stop. Oh no! Stop I'm blanking right his name right now. David Je- Jerry Osmond. <laughs> yeah, but, like David Osmond oh, came out, no. sang a parody song about oh, no. uh, making it in Hollywood or something. Oh was, uh, no! Because the Tonys were bad. Uh, oh, bitch. <laughs> and um, we in the, in the on the Friday Friday's Creative Arts, which is when the writers are nominated. And then Sunday's like the daytime when like shows are nominated. And the writers are like, we haven't won in five years. We're not going to win. It's just a long, boring night. And they don't give, there's no free alcohol. You have to pay for your drinks. And they don't feed you. <gasps> oh my How God. How dare you, Pee Wee Herman? Uh, <laughs> 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 pay for their drinks. Oh um, and like you, and like people paid tickets anyway. And then they came to our category. We're like last on the list. It's been a three, a three and a half, four hour night because mm. you got there early. And um, they called our show, and we all like freaked <gasps> oh, out. It was so, so excited, and we got to, we went up on stage, got our, our our the one award, and then we went backstage to little quick interviews, like the <sighs> head writers or whatever oh did. Oh my god! And then we went and had we went and drank a bunch. And it How was, was the so food? Nice. No, there was no food. What no you food. asked that? No matter what the thing. <laughs> <laughs> When Trixie Mattel was on the podcast, she was like, so I went to the Oprah luncheon and let me tell you about, oh, how was the food? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will say that. Trixie was like, it's a Hollywood luncheon. No one's eating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think they had a, like a little like snack buffet before, but you had to get there two hours early. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah they're real it's tricky. a whole thing. It's a whole thing. No food truck, nothing? No, that would have been nice. That would have been real nice. Yeah. Like a little taco truck outside. I think on Sunday, two of the riders ducked out to go buy tacos across the street. Oh, like wow. left the award show. Where, where was it? In Hollywood? Pasadena. 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 Big theater or something? Civic auditorium oh gosh oh. pasadena is so nice have you guys been oh, it's so, I it's just so beautiful to like hang out have you gone to just chill it's like a nice little walking street yeah, yeah. it's really pretty it's really cute and bougie yeah, yeah. it's bougie i so like it, is it. Quite. white it's very white it's very yes. white yeah, yeah i want to be the invasious invasive species <laughs> i was just in uh central california this weekend with my dad uh-huh wow 
so many white people. Like that was Whoa. that was shocking. That's the CV yeah. for you. Were you in Solvang? No, that we, Danish. Isn't there a Danish? Town yeah, or something Solvang. Up there? Yeah, yeah we, we took my dad there a couple of years ago. No, we went to um, Hearst Castle, which is in. Oh, I've always wanted to go. Oh. If you haven't been, it's this beautiful, for those of you who don't know, it's this like uh, crazy eccentric million, billionaire probably for the time. The who Hearst built Publication. Gi- yes. Yeah. Uh, who built this giant house, a castle on top of a hill. And like the ceiling is from a Italian chapel from 1606. Oh, shit, and the geez. floors are, I mean, the pools, everything is so over the top and beautiful. <sighs> and his whole thing is he didn't buy all these different like people, like whether you were. Titans of industry. Right, exactly. And he tell you solar I'm like enjoy my property. He had ze- there was a, there's a herd of zebras still there that no, like roamed the property from when he had like a like a zoo. He had a zoo. Um, and it's no longer there. So are they wild now? They're, or they're cats? I think they're cared for, uh, but they're okay. not they're not like in stables or anything. They roam with like his cattle because Hearst beef is another thing. So it's part um, oh partly owned by the state, and it's a uh, museum, and then uh, it's on Hearst property, which is like the family company's yeah. thing. It's very cool. Uh, I recommend. Cool. Yeah. Did you, wait, did you stay there? Yeah, we stayed. You in, could stay in the Hearst. Oh Castle? God, no! Oh no! That'd oh my be God! Amazing. I was like, I'm wrapping this up. <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> no, we stayed at some little old hotel, uh, not too far away. Oh, yeah. cute. You guys, mm. you guys Dan travel Simeon. so well together. You, you guys. Dad? No, well, you went with John, John as right? well, yeah. Oh, fiance. Can we say fiance? Yes! Yeah. I'm so excited for you guys. Yeah. But you guys do travel well, and I really am jealous of that because I, and you and your boyfriend travel well too, Tim. Thank you for thinking that. Michael and I put on You guys a go good away a lot. Show. Well, the Instagram looks poppin'. We are poppin'. I, I would say the same for you and Eric, though. All these beautiful, picturesque photos of you, like, we just thought we'd pop into Ojai for the weekend. I mean, we do. Oh, just went to Joshua Tree. Here I am at the Golden Hour. We do local. Okay, we do local Golden Hour very well. But <laughs> I'm just of you guys who get to like go away, away. Like you're going to like Mexico, and you aren't you going to Paris soon? Yes, for my mother's sixteen. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm fine. so fucking. Uh, I want to go to Paris. <laughs> I've never been. I'm so excited. You guys have never been to Paris? No, my oh, mother has, I but I have. You have? Oh my! You have. That's where you had your slutty slut tour. My yes, my EK love I, Paris was my favorite stop along my EK love you know this why are you looking at me like you're surprised I know about your EK love but I don't think I know the specifics of Paris it's the first time I had um, successful anal sex of your life of my life because it's always been either like oh we're gonna let's try it and it's like oh I can't it's not working or, or yeah. it's just been oral or yeah. you know otherwise <gasps> but I always wanted it to happen and it just like was not happening was it a Frenchman it was or an a, expat. It was France. a Frenchman French in an expat so bar. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, that's! I, so I feel like hot. I've told this story on this podcast. No, I have a really good memory. I don't think you have. Okay, I, I must. I maybe I heard it. you talk about it on Ajuma. Maybe that's why I know. Maybe it. But go on. Yeah. Um, okay. Really quickly, I met this guy. At, I went to an expat bar because I was like so tired of being around French people who hated me. So I was like, okay, I just need to be around Americans. Yeah. And someone was like, this is the expat part you should go here. It's in the Marais, the gay district. Oh. So I'm sitting there and all these people from San Francisco are there. They're like, oh, I'm from San Francisco, blah, 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 blah. And then um, this one guy walks in and then one, one of the like older queens I was talking to was like, oh, he's here. Oh. And I was like, who? And I look around and it's this tall, bearded, beautiful, like youngish, like late 20s bear of a man. And I was like, 
who is that? And they're like, that's Josh. And I was like, oh, you guys know him? It's like, oh, he's here all the time. He loves Americans. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was just by the bar and he started talking to me and he bought me drinks and we started talking with flirting, blah, blah, blah. And then we went to a second location, which they tell you not to go to, but I was desperate. And he took me to this club and we were dancing, dancing. And his ex-boyfriend shows up and his ex-boyfriend's drunk skunk. Oh, like blah 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 in in French. Like, how could you do this to me? Blah blah. blah. You're like a fucking Pepe Le style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was like, no, and they were like fighting, and I, and I was like, uh, Maurice, the back end. Yes. Hurry up. <laughs> Le poisson. The <laughs> beast. Come into the light. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm getting very annoyed because I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I pulled Josh aside and I was like, hey, I'm just going to go. This feels weird. And he was like, no, 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 don't. And then he turns around and he tells his, his boyfriend, his ex-boyfriend something in French. He yells at him. And then his ex-boyfriend goes, huh, and he just goes away. And he was like, I took care of it. Let's go home. And I was like, <gasps> okay. And he lives like around the block. And we, so we start running up the stairs. And it's like Lucite stairs, you know, very like Euro clubby oh. and like different colored lights. And we're like, okay, let's go. And it's like four o'clock in the morning. All of a sudden his boyfriend his ex-boyfriend starts rushing us from the bottom of the stairs saying, you can't go, get back here. And he's like cl- climbing after us, but he's so drunk, he falls <gasps> and cracks his no! head and starts bleeding. And we're like, oh my God. On the Lucite stairs? On the Lucite stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Stained forever. And the ambulance. This is a Hitchcock film. And then an ambulance comes and police come. They're like, what's going on? Blah, blah. This guy fell. But we were like, by eyewitnesses, we were so far away from him, so there was no like connection between us. So we we're like, and he was like, "You'll be fine. Let's go." And I was like, <gasps> "What?" And then he, I was like, "Okay." And it was one of those Aladdin moments. Like, do you trust me? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I was and like, your butthole just yeah. opened up. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, a dazzling place I never knew, which is my butthole. And we went home, and he played me his operas. No, wow. he works in he worked in Berlin. Oh he was like, God, I'm, I'm back here visiting my family, but you know. And he played me some of the stuff that he was like, "Oh, that's me on the recording." I looked at the thing, and it was like, "Oh, oh my fuck, God, an opera singer, yeah, opera singer." And he opened his <gasps> French windows, and it was uh, the more like the sun was rising over the patina roofs. You know, and I can't. Yes. And then uh, it was such a romantic moment. He held me. And it, I remember thinking like I felt his cock and it was so hot. It was like the hottest dick I've ever touched in my life. What, you know what I mean? Temperature or? wise. It felt like it was burning. It was so. Heat. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> well, that feels dangerous. It was like a, it was a warmth. I have never like, oh, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, like all the blood was rushing. All, to yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. And it was, and my butthole oh, was wow. rushing and it was just perfect. <laughs> and it was a, a intimate moment. It didn't last long, but it was beautiful. Well, I'll tell you this, that won't be happening on my trip because John and I are sharing a room with my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom classically does not like anal sex. Um, <laughs> it's, it. it's her one, it's her one no go. <laughs> Well, I'm very excited for you. It's her 60th birthday. That's a big number. Yeah, I'm very excited. What do you guys excited. have planned? They're going to take her to Paris. Why? Well, I, I know yeah. that. But. Uh, well, we, so my mother and I, the Monet's water lilies has always been very special oh, to us. Yeah. So we're going to go to Giverny to see the inspiration. Cool. Um, and then we're going to do a little touristy and go see a, a Moulin Rouge show, which <laughs> yes, I'm very excited cool. about. I, to do that. I, I stayed knew. near the Moulin Rouge. I'm really excited. Something you have to do while Please you're there. Please tell us. It's so incredible. Have you heard of the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> what is it? 
I know the sex position, but what do you mean? <laughs> it's based on something? <laughs> Weird. Have you That's gone so up to Eiffel Tower? No. I just went under and looked up. And yeah, I, I like, think I'm good. Very anti- yeah. The Iron um, Lady. Yeah. My yeah. dad is like super anti anything that like other tourists would do. Right. Oh. Yes. It's actually kind of fun because yeah. then we end up doing it's half really fun and half like, well, no, some there's sometimes there's a reason that things are right. so popular. Right. Because a lot of these cities you visit, there's not much outside of the tourist zone. It's right. very like mm-hmm. the street stop. Right. And, stuff. Like, especially and you don't Italy. know if you're not with locals, you don't know where to go or what to do. Yeah. I will say the Mona Lisa, whack. Yeah, I've it's heard so it's like, underwhelming. It's, it's so tiny. Underwhelming. That's what it's I heard. Super small, yeah. it's, and you're like so far away. You can't get so far to everyone's like glass around it. Yeah. yeah, and there's a million people around it, and it just feels like you're like okay, I guess. That's and like it. a thousand selfie sticks. It's just it's like, so it ruins annoying. the moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, did you hear? Now Europe is having trouble like up like upkeeping with all the tourism. They're like, and the people are like, stop coming here, right? Because they're not oh. built for it. They're not they don't built have for it. The, the infrastructure, the infrastructure. Yeah. Like Iceland. Um, oh with God. like the blue lagoons I saw an article like here's what the blue lagoons actually look like when they're not through like an Instagram filter, filter. and it's just like a butt ton of people uh, so ew. suddenly that milky blue water looks like dirty water. I'm sure it's not but it just ew. looks like ew like yeah, it just, yeah, yeah, yeah and just like a bunch and of flip flops everywhere and- ew like it's like a soak city like a water park yes Ugh. Sick. And there's like a factory. Like Lake and there's like a factory next to it, like a smokestacks and stuff. Yeah, oh, I know. Yuck. I'll still go. That makes me yeah, feel like I hear it's street. probably good that people aren't procreating as much anymore. Like we need to truly like, just out. pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Like, Jesus Christ, this, we're fucking up this planet. Yeah. Edinburgh goes from I think they said six hundred thousand yes. people normally live there during the month of August for the festival. Four million people. Un- oh my god! It, and it feels like that. If Are you whole, so excited to go? I am. So excited. Oh, that's you all leave. you've been talking about. It is my favorite thing in the whole world. It I've is never been to the festival. And I <gasps> lived in Glasgow for four years. Wow, that for you went to school years? there, right? I went to college in Glasgow. Yeah. Wait, that's so cool. I'd always go home in the summer. So like I'd miss the festival. Right. I never I didn't go to I didn't go anywhere outside of Edinburgh the last time mm. I was there. And now that's my I want to go to Glasgow. <gasps> you gotta this I is love so cool. It so much. It's so cool. <sighs> See, this is what I'm talking about. Like you're going to fucking Edinburgh, you're going to Paris. And I have to go an hour and a half to Ojai and take a picture and fucking. Now, 7 where are you going this weekend? Minneapolis, <laughs> <laughs> the jewel of the Midwest. That takes an airplane <laughs> and. <laughs> I no, you're right. And there's a lot of Nordic people and Nordic ancestry living oh, sure. there. There sure is, especially Eric's family, That's honey. Right. All a bunch of Swedish. Uh-huh. Like, oh god, they're all beautiful. Where did you, you grow up? I grew up in Houston till I was 14. H-Town. H-Town. And then I went to high school in Denmark and then college in Whoa, Scotland. that's cool. Yes, yeah, so my All dad's in Denmark, world. which is why I ended up there. That's what was your high school like? You went to boarding school, right? It was a boarding school. Yeah. It was like a... The, was it all girls? No, it was all boys until the 80s. So they just got girls in the 80s. It was established <gasps> in 1565. Like, what? It's that's like, why Europe is so cool. It's like... Old. Oh, so old. Those so buildings. many ghosts. Yeah. So many ghosts. Yes, bitch. So, there were ghosts. Right? Yes, so many ghosts. There's so school. many ghosts in Europe. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, a lot of ghosts. It. I have a crazy ghost story for you about Edinburgh after this. Oh, I want to hear that. Yeah. But uh, so the boarding school was like super um, traditional, like a lot of like uh, generational like families, but they had just introduced the international baccalaureate five years before I had started. 
So they had all the Danes who were like, this is our, our school and the tradition supposed to be watched. And then there's those of us who are like, one of our parents might be Danish. And now right. we're here and we don't speak the language. And like, you uh. know, I learned Danish once I was there because they didn't have IB until sophomore year. And I started in my freshman year. So What's I, IB? International Baccalaureate. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. They, ha- <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they created it so that like universally, whatever your grade is, other universities around the world can understand gotcha, it. Gotcha, so like okay. if, uh, if, if I wanted to go to school in Paris, I could, they and, would all yeah. understand that that's what that curriculum right. is and what that exactly. track is. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And, um, so it, so it was like a lot of us that are like from other places who may or may not have, I didn't want to go to boarding school. I was, they forced me the first year. And then I asked to stay cause I had so much fun because in Denmark, when I lived there, you could buy beer at 15. Cool. Yeah. Oh my God. Were you drinking? It, yes. Wow. You started early. <laughs> yeah. So when I got to college, I was very chilled I mean, out I was about alcohol. 15 too. Yeah. 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 That's the way to do it. You couldn't but not drink legally. in a bar. You could drink in a. It'd be eighteen in a bar, but like you could buy you it could at buy the gas it in station. A gold house yeah. party. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, Fun. that's so fucking cool. Yeah. I kind of think that that's better. And then you don't like turn eighteen and then like lose your mind. Give alcohol poisoning For and like real. pass out at parties because you're like, I've never. But there's nothing cute about a fifteen year old puking. You know what I mean? Like that. A fifteen-year-old's gonna puke. It's not cute for everyone else, but it's my parents got me drunk when I was young. Yeah, and they were we have something called buzz management. I have two older brother and older brother and older sister. Before I went to college, they showed us all how to um, throw shots behind your back. They would be like, if your parents taught you this. mm -hmm. They were like my parents were like major hippie partiers in the seventies. They're very fun, and they still love to drink. They love to party. They're they're always the last people out of a bar. So they were like, "You're a social drinker. You're always going to be a social drinker. You will never black out, and you will never be that messy person at a party. You're always going to be the responsible person at a party, having a damn good time." I love this. Wait, how do you throw the shot? You, if someone hands you a shot first, you refuse the shot. You say, "No, I'm sorry, I don't take shots." That's, this is like the company policy of the Murray home. We yeah. don't take shots. <laughs> uh, drinking is supposed to be something you enjoy. It's like yeah. a, a delicious thing. Yeah. You sip a martini, you mm-hmm. uh, nurse a beer, and you get pleasantly drunk. And uh, so when you, if they say no and they try to make you take the shot, your options are either to coyote ugly it, put a shot in your mouth, and then pretend spit to taste it with a beer, beer and spit it out in a beer. But what my parents always did was right behind your back, right under the floor. But what and if I was there's like, someone there's no standing way. behind yeah, you? I was like, I was like, that's what I said. I was like, there's no way that will work. And my brother and sister were both like, we're five and seven years older than you. We went to college. I guarantee, I promise we did this upwards of 20 times at parties. It <gasps> works. No one has any <gasps> You've done it too? I've done it. Clue. But I've done it the Korean way. Which is what? So your way is just take the shot, and then when they go one, two, three, and then people are too busy doing this. Oh yeah, everyone's drinking, it, right? They don't see it. Yeah. So the Korean way in, in in Korean culture, when you drink with people who are older than you, even a year, the person younger has to pour the drinks at with two hands, and then you get your drink poured for you, mm-hmm. and then when they go kambe or cheers or kampai or whatever, you, they drink. Exactly how Americans would drink, but the younger, if you're younger, you turn around and drink. No way. Yeah, because oh, you're not allowed to show your elder that you're drinking because it's rude. Even though they oh, poured the drink for right. you. You have to be even more ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> now it's all making sense. Okay, I hear everything you're saying. <laughs> yeah, and so I would turn away. And even when I was in college, I would always be drinking with older people. So I would turn away. And while I'm turned away, I would. Throw it on the floor and then you're, yeah. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. guys. So smart. Yeah. 
I'm gonna try it. Try it. I'm not a shot. But who's person. who's forcing you to take shots anymore? Get that out of your life. Truly, People, you'd be surprised. Who a- after the Emmys? <gasps> oh well. Okay. And I, well, there, yeah, I, I, yeah, I kind of get that. It That's was like a, a champagne. It was a thing. tray, and it was somewhere tequila, somewhere water. Oh. So they like they purposefully. Yeah. And they'd ask you a question, and if you got it right, or if you got it right, you didn't have to do it, but if you got it wrong, you had a drink, and you got to choose which one. And, and you just didn't know. It's like Russian roulette. I did, yes. I did, I ended up doing th- one tequila and two waters, thank God, because yeah. I'm not a booze drinker. Like, I wine and beer all the way, but liquor really fucks me up. Yeah. Damn. Oh, oh God. Wait, so you were drinking when you were 15? You're yes. at this... You're in Denmark. I'm in Denmark. Did you have sleepovers when you were there when in so, boarding school? So this is, I was thinking about this for this. So in our dorm, you had like your day room where you're like closet, your desk, a sofa, a little sitting table is, but everyone sleeps upstairs in these two, what they're called so saves, sleeping rooms. So it's like 16 beds in each room. What? And, mm-hmm. And so you Oh it's like it's like Harry Potter. Yeah. Where they're all sleeping in the same kind of like chamber. Yes. And then there's a common room downstairs where yes. you hang out with a yeah. fireplace and a big painting. And magic. And, and magic. magic. All of that and <laughs> yeah. my owl. And uh, <laughs> uh so like you would you know, ten PM you had to be in bed, so we'd all be in bed and our oh. dorm mother teacher mother would come and be like, Okay, lights out and turn it off and then we'd all be on our phones, you know, <gasps> T I texting. Not T I texting. T I texting. What's it called? T nine texting. T nine texting. Yes, yes. Oh that shit. Yeah, yeah, back in the day where you have to like look for the letter. You oh have to my like God, so annoying. Your and your yeah. keypad would just like fucking be ruined. Oh my god. And then we'd yeah. all we'd all push our beds together so we could <gasps> sit next to each other and they had to pull them apart in the morning so they could get in and clean in between the beds and you make your bed were they bunk beds or just standalone singles little singles so there's 16 in a big room Mm -hmm. okay so then you might you obviously are not close to all 15 other girls were there clicks yes tell me about the clicks um so especially because of the divide between the international kids and the danish kids mm-hmm. yeah um the there was some you know resentment on from some of the danish kids that like we didn't take the traditions of the school as seriously oh. and like we didn't like respect them as much and um yeah. that's Sound, because you yeah. know and we're just like well, who fucking cares like i'm stupid. i'm 15 like yeah. what do yeah. i care um and like especially like though it was also like a little like uh I would say xenophobia in that um, if you were there and you didn't know how to speak the language, mm. you know, there's a little bit of like, well, if you're going to live here, you should learn how to speak Danish, you oh, know? Like America. What yeah. <laughs> and also, Why it's a, it's a, like that. It's like, stop. Get Be over nice. it. Be empathetic. And it's a, it's a very homogenous country. Like everyone is blonde, tall, That's what it is. blue eyes, beautiful. You're, you're, you're in, yeah, and you're immediately the other. Everyone was an eight and above at my school. Wow. Like, beautiful. Even, like, the the ugly people were still, by any gorgeous. standard, We're like Goldie Hawn. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. just, and so, um, and then, then I was, like, this little, like, brown, round <laughs> American. Because <laughs> you're half Mexican. I am. Full yes. American. Yes. But your dad's Danish. My dad's Danish. My mother's Mexican. But your dad never, like, um, I almost said reared you. That's such a, that's a horrible way to say it. Like, <laughs> raised you in Danish customs? For sure. A, a cult, like, there are lots of, like, Danish and Mexican cultural things in my home growing up. But mm-hmm. we spoke 
I learned Spanish growing up and English growing up, and then Danish I just never learned because it's uh, like yeah. the third language. It's almost too much. And when will you yeah. be using that in Houston? Right, honestly? right. <laughs> like, yeah. like I bet you'd use you're Spanish like walking a good in. amount. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not Danish. No, and like, it's funny. Like my my dad speaks Spanish, my mom speaks English and Spanish, and yet all three of us speak English together. So it's funny that even when I'm not there, my parents would speak English together. It's both of their like second, second language. language. Yeah. yeah, how interesting. It's, yeah, they're divorced now. Uh, <laughs> that that says everything. <laughs> if they yes, just yes. spoke Spanish in the household, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like in the week, every other weekend we'd go in the boarding school. You'd have a free weekend, so you'd go home and stay with like family. In my case, my aunt and uncle. But you'd also go oh, stay fun. at your friends' houses and spend <sighs> the night fun. with their parents. Yeah, fun. or like their their aunts and uncles because oftentimes their parents live the dynamic of that can we get into that that reminds me of that pen 15 episode that is so good (gasps) yes she goes over to her friends to maya's house yes and then she becomes best friends with her mom and then maya becomes jealous of their relationship that is one of the most real things i've ever seen yes that's so did you have any did you uh click with any of the families that you were staying with any of the families I'm trying to think any specific example, not to the point where anyone would ever be jealous. I think everyone was yeah. uh, very charmed by me, by me because I was so other. Yeah. My friend Ida, who was a day student at the boarding school, she lives in the town, and I spent the night at her house. And like Ida would just be like so an- like embarrassed and annoyed by her mom, like mom, and then I like and her mom would be like, "Benda, I made you your favorite." Like she like oh. all these like Danish treats that I liked. She'd make them for me, and she'd oh always be so excited God. that I was coming over, and like things like that were so like nice. Ida's like, "Oh, mom, get out of here." You know, like all that. That stuff. even bothered me when I was a kid. There was a girl down the street from us who was so mean to her mom, and her mom literally looked like Olive from Popeye, like just like a waif of a thing, like always wearing turtlenecks and just like, oh hello everyone. Yes. Like couldn't have been nicer. And her daughter was always who we would play with. Would always be like, get out of here, you bitch. Oh my god, <laughs> like, I could yeah. never talk to my mother like that. Never. I had a friend Julian who was my only white friend, and he used to call his mom a bitch all the time. <gasps> And I would be like, oh my no. God, is she going to fucking beat the shit Murder out of you? you? Yeah. And he was like, True. no. What do you mean? Oh I call my God. mom a bitch all the time. I call my dad an asshole all I the time. I couldn't even say that something was stupid. Oh. Like, am, am I, my dad would be like, are you saying I'm stupid? And I'm like, no, the thing you're saying is oh, stupid. Yeah, you're acting stupid. Real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. That's such a like different. I don't know how. I, what, what kind of parent would you be? I... Oh, I've been thinking about if this. your child was like you're being an asshole. Oh, I would not let that fly. I would. No. I am a very buddy buddy. We're having a good time, and but my boundaries are clear. Like if yeah. you if you cross the line, you know you cross the line, and you're getting punished. Yeah, and I've learned that honestly from this teaching job. Of I'm so empathetic that when I whenever I scold kids, I feel really bad because I like, feel like they yeah. feel bad, and then I realized, oh wait. Everyone is not as empathetic as you, Tim. Everyone's not as sensitive as you. Some of these kids want to just be like, nope, you're in timeout. Sit in timeout. I yelled yeah. at children this weekend. Um, <gasps> wow. We, we were looking congrats. at these elephant seals oh. on the beach. And there were these group of like three little kids. And I thought, well, like I was like 10, 7, and like 6 or something years old. And they were grabbing rocks or gravel and throwing them to try and hit the seals <gasps> oh, to make them move. No, psychos. And so yeah. I looked, I was like, where the fuck's their parent? And I didn't see it. And I was like, over there taking a photo. I turned around and they were arching their arm to go throw it. And I go, hey, <laughs> don't throw that. At, at, don't, <laughs> don't throw that. 
And they all just like looked at me. Oh, really? And they moved somewhere else. (gasps) So I wouldn't see them throw it more. But good for you. I felt really good. Yeah. (laughs) Did it feel empowering? Yes. Oh, my God. There's no consequences for There's no parent around to be like, hey, don't talk to my kid like that. I'm I'm that type of person who would be parenting other kids. Oh, I'm, I, I can't. Need fucking I know, but I, pr- I think I overreach. React in society, dude. Because parents don't like that. No, they hate they hate that. that. Don't if talk you, to my kid. Oh, yeah. don't you dare talk to my kid like that. And I'm yeah. like, your kid's being a fucking ass. Yeah. Also, like, what's wrong with being like? I am so sorry. My kid's being a jerk right now. Like, what? Like, what's wrong with because that? They're embarrassed. They're like, oh, this is a stain on me. Yeah. yeah. You know what? It is. It is. It is. It is a stain. Think it's about, about to be a reflect stain on, on society. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, reflect on your shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that turned to. <laughs> getting angry at parents, but... Uh, I hate uh, So what, was there any hanky-panky, pranky oh, things happening yes. in that room? Yeah, so there was only... there. I'm putting this in quotes. Only one lesbian at yeah, the whole boarding yeah. school, of course. And it was my, my dear friend, Maria. And uh, there was a girl named Maria there, like Sound of Music. Yes, in the land of Sound of Music. And and she was uh, and she grew up in Germany, so she had like a little oh. German accent too. Oh, and Maria's like beautiful. She's so st- tall, stunning, and um, we all knew. She, and she was, I think, two years above me, <gasps> so she would have been a senior when I was a sophomore, or yeah, a senior and sophomore. And um, there, I don't know what the wave was, but like there was suddenly a wave amongst us where like every, so the Saturday we stayed at school, we got to go to the disco in town wow. called the Crazy Daisy. Oh, and God. It's, a, it's a chain. It's a chain of discotheques oh. in, uh, in Denmark. I don't know if it still exists, but um, we got disco. to, we got to, we all got, we all got dolled up. We went out, we drank, we danced. We were home by 10 p.m. Wow. <laughs> like, it was like a very early night, you know, yes. but we went hard. And at some point, there was a phase where all of all the girls would make out with each other. Like it was like a fun bit we were doing. Oh my but God. then some of us took to doing that in the bathroom, so it wasn't it wasn't performative oh, anymore. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, and like oh. wait, was it happening like two at a time, and we're all gonna watch and give notes, or like did you like? <laughs> Did everyone break off? It, it'd be like, uh, like, let's make out. We're so silly. We'd make out. I'm like, hey, I want to make out too. And then they, I mean, it really, oh, like just being silly. But like for a God. lot of the girls, it was because the boys were watching. And oh, then, right. oh, the boys That's, were in there. Of course, they were like, not in the bathroom, but like oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then oh, I felt the difference where like, I not all the girls would be in the bathroom making out. Like yeah. I, it was me and like two others. Yes. <laughs> yeah. that, and that I was like, sense. this is different. This is yeah, different from yeah. what's happening out this there. This is for us. But I didn't even, know that then and i remember when like uh maria and i made out and again there's no like um heart emotions it's mm. all like a uh, physical attraction yeah. and so maria and i were just making out and i was and maria was like the at that time the best kiss i had ever had <gasps> yes. and i was like holy shit uh-huh. also i had a boyfriend during this uh, um shout out to mass same uh-huh. name as my dad no uh- <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Wait, and, and so let me quickly ask at that now when you think back at Matt's and Ava, is her name? Ida. Ida. Um, oh, the girl, girl I made out with? with? Yeah. Maria, Maria. Maria. Um what what about the kissing made it better? Like oh, what how did you know? I Mar- Maria was so much more um tender mm. and like she did that thing where you bite the bottom, <gasps> the bottom lip, lip and just a little and I was like yeah, that had yeah. never that was a move that I had not experienced before. Oh, the that first point. time you got that lip bite, honey, I was like, you're like oh. ah! 
And like Mass knew all this was happening, yeah. but in his mind, it's a girl that doesn't count. Which sure. is like sure. so much of how stupid so fucking yeah. stupid. Yeah. And I, and like at the time, I wasn't, I didn't know I was queer, so I was like, yeah, it doesn't count, but I'm gonna keep doing it yeah. early and often. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so was she out? Maria, Maria was out. Yeah, hot, hot. <laughs> and then Maria dated a friend of mine who like wasn't gay, but dating Maria. And there was a lot of those. Yeah. That was high school. Yeah. And there was, and for the, in February they have a costume part, a dance costume ball. It's like their Halloween. Mm -hmm. And, uh, see, and Maria was, uh, the big bad wolf and her girl, my friend, her girlfriend was a uh, little red riding hood. Mm-hmm. And apparently the next morning there was brown body paint on um, <gasps> my friend's sheets from where Maria had climbed in for them to fool around. Oh. And like that had happened in the soul site. And that was like a big deal that that happened when other people were around, you know, wow. but that was a real, I don't think it's true, but it was like a, the rumor that went around. The, well, cool. actually, we have Maria here. Today. <laughs> Come yes, on in, Maria. I can't see her. <laughs> Ooh, that's uh, oh so God, sexy. That's so fun. That's making me want to be in boarding school so bad. Oh, yeah. huh? I mean, it, it was like time. a perfect time, like a place to experiment. Like, right? My, I'm like conscious of naming people because I don't know how they feel about it, but I also don't think they'll ever necessarily... We don't uh, have a lot of international... International. <laughs> I don't know how yet. many podcasts are listening to in Denmark. <laughs> but um, I remember my friend Joe spent the night at my uncle's house and um, we watched But I'm a Cheerleader. Yep. Just saw it for the first time. Oh, my God. A sexual awakening. It's just oh. like the, such a gay movie and oh. very... Uh, lesbian leads. Yes. Oh, cool. It's Super gay. Uh, Natasha Leone. Yeah. Um, what's the name of the? Oh, her. She, the girl that's like she's in off. Veep. She's like very um, uh, plays a lot the of blonde girl in Veep. No, her security. Her daughter's wife. Yes, 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 yes. yes, 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 yes. Her, she's got. Oh, a really, she's in everything. She's got like a very yeah. cool name. And I can't she's remember. She's all that. Now. You're familiar with. She's all that. Yeah, she's yes. like the mean girl in the bathroom who puts who the, gets the clown makeup put on, her face. on her face. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and I remember being like, "Oh my god!" And then that night, uh, Joe and I fooled around like <gasps> beyond kissing, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, was this wild? Like, yeah. it was like a whole. Uh, it was like a, it, all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is more than. Yeah. And Joe was very into it too. Like we were both very into it, yeah. but both had boyfriends and just sure. were like, that's because that's just what's normal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So of course you're like, well, we have boyfriends and we are not weird. You know, like, no. yeah, it's, you had your beards or whatever. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 we all had that. Yeah. That's like, I know I, I, we talk about it a lot, but I think it's so cool nowadays that kids don't have to do that. Yeah, yes. you know what I mean. I can't even like I imagine. Oh, like God. I was so convinced that I wasn't. I didn't even know. I didn't think there was an option between besides uh, gay and lesbian. I didn't right. know there was any right. sort of in between. in between. In between, I sure I'd heard of bisexual, but like I thought that that was. I didn't know that that applied to also bisexuality. It really got like pummeled by it the sure gay did. and lesbian extremes <laughs> because they all called it a myth and made jokes about it. And right. they were like, well, you we're just can't make a commitment. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of, I think, you know, outspoken gays or lesbians on the, uh, that extreme side of the spectrum have like fought so hard 
to grind out their identity. Right. To prove that there wasn't something wrong with them. Right. And that they had to be this identity and they yeah. didn't have a choice. Exactly. So I think that's where a lot of the anger and every this whole queer awakening is so new mm-hmm. that I think, yeah, they were all just kind of like trying so hard to prove that they were correct. Yeah. Or right or whatever. And that we weren't in a place where we could have nuanced conversation to be like, no. well, this could be, uh, people can be attracted to more than one thing, which thank yeah. God we're I mean, finally starting to. Absolutely. But even like, I think even our parent generation still struggles with like changing their verbiage and like oh yes when i tried told my dad i tried it my dad and i do a thing where we tra- we tell each other big news casually <laughs> <laughs> how does that sound uh, uh it, it sounds like this uh well uh, uh I, I felt uh it should be no surprise to you that i am dating <laughs> that's what my dad told me that he had started dating oh my he started God. with it should be no, no. surprise to you <laughs> and i was like uh it's a big surprise that's so gaslighting i, know. Yeah. Oh, I hate that so, but so I, I very casually was like and i'm queer you know blah, 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 and i move on move on, move on and my dad's like well what does that even mean and i explained i said uh, i'm so like well mad. i know was, yeah and he's like well you're you're dating a man so who what does it matter yeah. And well, was, you know, that's a question that a lot of people ask, right? Absolutely. Because Even queer people, I think, still yes. it's so that. weird that queer people are like, but so I, but I, this thing, it's like, yeah, but it's not like you are with this person and then you're like, okay, everything is shops closed, you know, like attractions closed, you know, it's right, like exactly. That's or it's not like how it works. When I'm yeah. in a relationship with a man, I'm straight, but yeah. if we were to break up, guess what? I'm back to being queer. Yeah, like, it's not like a shirt I put on. Yeah, like it right, is. Right. You're not like a jungle frog that like changes colors on each that mate or something. still a frog. Yeah, like you know I, what I mean. Like yeah. it's it, so it's it, that's fresh. Frustrating, and I don't think that he still understands. My mother, though, um, she had the most like beautiful reaction where she told me, when I was young, I, I'm going to do my mother's accent now. That was my dad's earlier. Here's my mother's. Uh, <laughs> this is a character uh, very different. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get this for my reel? Um, my mom goes, when I was young, I had a friend, and uh, she wore men's shoes. <laughs> And I was so in love with her. Oh. And I was like, Mom. Oh my that's God. So and that's how she like related to what I was You're experiencing. sharing. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Her friend in men's shoes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's oh my so God. Sweet. You guys, I want my mom to be a lesbian. Yeah. I really do. I wish she was because she's had such bad experiences with the men. Yeah. And I feel like she's so heteronormative that she's like, oh, I got it. Am I going to find another man or, you know what? I'd rather just die alone, you know? And I'm like, mom. And I keep telling her, like, you know, you're hanging out with these ladies, going golfing all the time. You ah, like, you're just one step away from Truly, her. you're just like one, like, Korean spa day with the gals yes. away. Oh. You know? from yeah. yeah. And I'm like, please. And then she did once say, like, she brought this one friend uh, with her to my show in New York. I had never met her before. She's one of the golf ladies. And, you know, like, she was very, like, big dyke energy, you know? So I was like, oh, okay, maybe there's something happening over here. And then she got off the train, and my mom and I kept going. And I was like, so what's the story with her? And she goes, who? And I was like, that lady you were with, what's her name? And she calls her, she goes, oh, ugly lady? Ah! And I was like, (laughs) mom. Why are you calling her ugly lady? What does that sound like? Monnani <laughs> Like ugly ajma. And yeah. I was like, 
why are you calling her that? And without even blinking, she looked at me and said, because she's ugly. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what? I see why you like direct kids, (laughs) Peter. I think yes. we've linked it. No, yeah, right? yeah, my mom yeah. is very blunt and very like to the point. I'm like, oh, duh. Why did I even ask? <laughs> Just look Jesus. at her, Peter. Yeah, her and I so thick. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she was saying, "Ugly lady," as not like you are ugly, but you're not pretty. You yeah. know the difference? Yes. Like, yes, yeah. There's an attractive I'm, person. Everyone else is not right. Yeah. And she called her a non-attractive lady. Which I think is like her way of saying like she's butch or like, you know, she presents more male or whatever. Like, and and I was just like thinking about it and I was like, God, I wish you would just like be a lesbian. It would be so much cooler than having these like weird things that you have to dance around and like, ugh, and you wouldn't have to be alone. Oh, I want my mom to date. But it's, it's funny because I think our women in of their age, Men can't be alone mm-hmm. and women can, like at that age. Women would rather be alone. Yes. My mom's like, I love being alone. Especially if they've been with a man before. Yes. <laughs> exactly. For decades, yeah. playing the role. Yeah. You know, mm. oh, even if you're pretending to be the submissive wife when you're not, because mm-hmm. you're out in public and people expect you to, you know, like oh, my yeah. mom's so sick of that, you yeah. know? And I'm, I'm thinking of it as like, what if you fucking slip? Like, who's going to be there? Right. And she's like, let me just bleed out. Uh, Let me die. You know, she's like, I want, I'd rather die alone on the floor on the linoleum than have a man. Or the Lucite stairs. Yeah, the Lucite stairs. Do we know, did that man survive? I don't know if he survived. Oh my God. I don't, I don't want to know. This might be a confession. Truly did nothing wrong. That was an accident no, on his no, part. No, no, he ran after you. He ran after us, and I, I didn't know what I was doing, and he was like, let's go. And, and I was kids, like, I that's why we don't run on the stairs. <laughs> on the Lucite stairs. Oh, walk. A lesson say, walk. to be learned. Yes. <sighs> well, you guys, it's that time. We have to wrap up, but before we do, we want to play one game with you. It's our segment of the show that we all love. It's Wait, wait let's, let's Have Fun. fun. Yeah. Are you ready to have fun, Benda? I can't Let's do so it. So now we're at a slumber party. We're like putting each other's hair in a French braid mm-hmm. and we're putting little clips in each other's hair and we want to play a little Mary Fuck Kill with okay. you. You're a Drag Race fan. Mm-hmm. Right? I am. So this is a Mary Fuck Kill of the last three regular season winners. Ooh. Mary oh. Fuck Kill, Evie Oddly, mm-hmm. Aquaria, Sasha Valore. Ooh. Wow. That's actually really good. Is that a good one? Is this is this as their drag personas? Yes, okay. and you don't have to necessarily think of this game as sexual. No, no, no. like it's more it's, just it's more of a ranking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, who would you, you want to be with every single day of your life? <laughs> who would you want to? Yeah, like have fuck, a night, have a night with, and who do you just? And like, you don't necessarily have to fuck. You can be like having a a wonderful, passionate night of conversation Mm -hmm. who do you want to be intimate Intimate. with okay um gosh i thought i had an answer and then now i gotta think about it um i uh i think i'd uh i think i'd fuck evie Mm. i think she's just like wild and fun and crazy energy and interesting and yeah Yeah. an interesting mind um aquaria a stunner, a dancer. But as far as like 
I was upset when she won her season. You were? Go on. Was. You wanted Asia O'Hara? I wanted Asia yeah. O'Hara. Yeah, but she fucked up with those papillons, I'll tell you. I was there live and in, in living <laughs> oh, color. Oh, no. And it was oh, one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Yeah. The audience, the whole crowd, as the show started, was like, Asia, Asia. Oh, and my then, God. Literally, the, the whole show. Because, you know, there's everyone's coming in. They do the interviews. She was the only person we were chanting for. And then that happened, and we, you could just like. She's gonna come back for an All Stars, oh, right? She's got it. She's got it. Do you, you guys um, think Aquaria and the butterflies that were colluding? Stop <laughs> it, you gay, <laughs> stupid thing. <laughs> stop it. What they don't tell you is that in the Aquaria Eureka lip sync, Aquaria fell hard <gasps> and oh. they cut out of it show it on tv wow she fell hard bitch really like, really hard on one of eureka's uh um pieces pieces oh. and what they also don't tell you is eureka didn't know the words that well <gasps> so that double save it was a legitimate double save because they both kind of fucked up oh. and eureka why don't you know your words i know what the fuck are you doing how long really? have you had that it's the finale yeah, that's I, disrespectful. I know. Also, don't be you prepared learn- for your mic. <laughs> be prepared for your show. Learn your words. Eureka, we don't book Eureka. <laughs> but you heard and then when the when the lip sync was over, the whole crowd was for the first time not. We didn't. We heard someone other than Asia. Who do you think the whole crowd was chanting? After we sorry, you'd say that again. After the after they both lip sync, one of them fell. One Aquaria. Of them words. First, it was. Ms. Cracker. First, it was <laughs> Ms. Cracker. First, it was Aquaria. It was Aquaria, Aquaria. And then a couple moments went by, and then all of a sudden, Eureka, Eureka. So that was kind of cool to watch that, like, it wasn't totally just a produced moment. Like, That's the cool. crowd was pretty split. Okay. So that was kind of cool. Okay. Just a little intel. I love it. I love it. And so I'd probably kill Aquaria just yeah. because of that. And then, um, <laughs> And Mary, uh, Sasha, I think bitch can turn a look. My yes. God. And I loved in her season where she took off her hat. She had a tiny little house. That was iconic. Oh, was, yes. oh. that was, that was drag. That was oh, fierce. I loved it so much. And I follow her on Instagram. And she, and I don't, I don't follow that many queens on Instagram, yeah. but Sasha Valora, I'm just like stunning. Yes. She's so like, smart. she's, she's like the beauty and grace of Aquaria and the weirdness of Evie in some way, sort of like a performance artiness of Evie. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> Tim's like not having it. You don't like Sasha? I wouldn't say that. I think oh. what she does is incredible. I think she's so good at what she does. I uh, felt betrayed by the narrative of that season, and I'll always have a bad taste in my mouth about it. You feel mm-hmm. like Shay Kulaysha won? I was such a Shay Kulaysha. <gasps> I was she a was Shay like, too. She, was, she won Chicago. four freaking uh, challenges. Challenges. Sasha only won two with Shay, and then at the very end, pulled out a really cool stunt. But like, but also never used wigs before, and then <clears> used <throat> it for the finale. To yeah. which I was like, mm. yeah. and we watched an entire. But her lip sync was so good; it was incredible. I mean, that her, was such a guy. She's a lot like Evie, where they really performed the shit out of the lip sync. Yeah, it's not just like I'm dancing, I'm moving, right, I'm right. looking. They're fierce. That shit. They're mm-hmm. dead behind the eyes. The other queens. I need to go see a Sasha Velour live show because I hear that it's the best nightgowns you'll ever see. And the new one is called something. The new one's. If be you like, go, will you tell me? And yeah. I'll come with I'll you. I'll tell you because oh, I want to get the bad to taste out of my mouth because everyone always shades me for not being a super fan of hers. I but understand. I just, it never really did it for me. 
You yeah. all, you took it personally. I took it personally, and I don't like. I have a real. I really turned on her in that season when uh, Eureka was making body dysmorphia jokes, and she was like, "Don't joke about that." That just that type of personality really doesn't do yeah. it for me because we're all comedians. We're all trying to push boundaries and cross the line all the time. And when somebody does that to me, that is not forwarding a conversation that's shutting down a conversation that we could have. And it just seems a little, Mm. honestly, that seems immature to me. I like that you frame it in that way that you're not, you're, you're not saying like, Hey, let's have a conversation about it. Why, why don't you like it? Or what, what what triggers you about it? Rather they're shutting down the conversation. And as someone who's like struggled with censorship, that censorship in a way that's like, we're erasure. Yeah. Cancellation. And like, of of course she's allowed to make a mistake like that. If, if she does think that's a mistake, but that sort of attitude, I'm just like, uh, I'd rather see you try, fail, make a mistake and learn than be so safe. Who's your, who's your number one queen of all time? Both of you. Who's, who's your like, who's your queen? Oh my God. I, that's a hard thing to say it's because so I like hard. queens for different things. Right. Mm-hmm. If, like, you could, if you could only see one drag show. Who would it be? Live. Probably Trixie Mattel. Yeah. She's funny. Yeah, or be, she's so funny. I wouldn't even say Bianca Del Rio because I find Bianca, Bianca Del Rio to be uh, like an older funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she, Bianca Del that, Rio yeah. feels like a touring comic. Trixie yeah, Mattel feels totally. current. Yeah. yeah, you know. To me, it's I saw Alyssa Edwards live at a. Oh, Alyssa. I see Alyssa. Yes, there was nothing. There will never be a show like that. Okay, okay. I yes, my okay, mind. yeah. My friend Tammy Spanks was standing next to me, and she was like, "I'm so glad we could go to a Beyonce concert together." Uh-huh. It felt like that. The whole room was wow. screaming. electric. She was dancing, boots the house down, and then she picks up the mic, and she's just so naturally funny. Funny, even trying. yeah. She's a bitch who could show up with nothing prepared and do it still be. You know what? I give her five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay right. where can uh, the audience find you on the socials i'm at benda ingrid on instagram is that your middle name ingrid yeah okay pretty yeah. benda ingrid <laughs> it is pretty that is pretty and thank you so much uh yeah at benda ingrid on instagram i have a twitter i don't ever i never tweet. see you on it <laughs> um and uh yeah follow me there i'm um I'm a show coming. Oh, okay. Last Wednesday of the month, I do Geraldo. It's an oh, all yes. Latinx variety show. Very fun yeah. show at Second City in Hollywood. It's at 10 p.m. on Wednesday, last Wednesday of the month. If you want to come, that's oh, I cool. I want to go to that. It's super fun. I'll come to that next time. Yeah. Yay! For sure. Uh, you can find me at tmurray 6 on all uh, platforms. Yes, and I'm at Peter KZ. Oh. Do you have a show coming up? Yeah, I was just gonna say, um, if you are a UK listener, I know we do have a few now. <gasps> do we? We do. Yeah, people have been uh, tweeting and messaging me on Instagram. Oh my god, which is so exciting! <laughs> no one ever messages me. I don't know why that because you seem scary. <laughs> <laughs> Because they know he'll just be like, oh, you know what? I'd rather that. No, way. but message Peter. Message Peter. No, don't bother me. But uh, buy tickets to my solo show. I'll be in Edinburgh August 19th to the 25th doing an hour of stand up comedy. What's it called? It's called Wait, Let's Have Fun. Yeah. To promote the podcast. Yes, wait, Let's Have Fun. I yeah. love that. That's so good. That's yeah. so you too. Yeah. yeah. That's perfect. And we'll talk all about the pod. Come on. 
Awesome. And you can find me at Peter KZ. And if you're in the LA SoCal area, June 22nd, I'm going to be hosting Gaijin AF. It's going to be really fun. Put that in my calendar. Put that in your calendar. It's going to be super fun. We have drag queens. We have go-go dancers. We have comedians. We have artistes. Uh, all from Gaijin Persuasion. So please come out and uh, support us at the UCB Sunset 9 p.m. on Saturday, June 22nd. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for coming, Thanks, Benda. Benda. Thanks so for fine. having me. All this right. was so lovely. You got it. Bye. Bye. Yay, that was so fun. Stella Rosa Royale is always invited to the neighborhood potluck and the backyard barbecue and Sunday dinner with the family. That's because Stella Rosa Royale has a bold, semi-sweet red berry flavor and more alcohol than other Stella Rosa wines that pairs well with any food. So grab a seat next to Stella Rosa Royale. Food's best friend, best served, chill. Celebrate, Stella Rosa. Celebrate responsibly. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sickbed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. Me, 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 but also you... The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Online at InThisLeague.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Interact and follow the show on Twitter at InThisLeaguePod. Now, here's your hosts, Bogman and the Welsh. Welcome, friends, to the In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast with Bogman and the Welsh. Welcome in as we hit the finality of the season, the finality of the regular season into the playoffs. Maybe your season's been over for a couple weeks, possibly even a couple months, Tout. I don't know, but we are excited to have you in where some leagues actually start the playoffs today. We found out one league, uh, we're in the second round of the playoffs that I moved on from, and some start next week. So this is some final regular season draft prep. Though, of course, I loosely say it because Roto Leagues just go to the very end. It's Bogman and the Welsh. It's in this League Fantasy Baseball podcast. We are almost at September, Bogman, and we are still baseballing it. We made it through a season, which is pretty incredible. And you have uh, figured out what the worst trade of 2021, maybe of 
Bogman's career is. Bogman, no, it's still not the worst of my career. Okay, it's not, no, yeah, the worst is your Altuve. Rafael for... Paula for <laughs> Jose Altuve. That's, That's what the worst one. You know, you're 100 right. Yeah, because it wasn't like it's never going to be beat. Yeah, it was. What's his? He who should not be spoken of. Uh, who like to talk about prospects? You know, you know the guy. Can you hear me? Tim, can you hear me? Uh, oh no, uh, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, because he didn't. He talk about this is like in two thousand. Like no, no, it was Rafael Depaul just had like eight million strikeouts in the minor leagues, and I had uh, too many keepers. You know, it was we kept like seven, and I was yeah. debating between two guys. I dude, it might have been Dominic Brown and Jose Altuve. I can't remember <laughs> who it was, but it was like uh, you know our buddy Couch. I was just like, hey, look, uh, I know you have this prospect with a ton of strikeouts. I just want to. I'll snatch him up and I'll give you this whatever second baseman back. That like, yeah, same okay. year, I chose Prince Fielder over Paul Goldschmidt and I traded Goldschmidt for like a second round pick in our minor yeah. league or something like that. And I took Prince Fielder. So yeah, Rafael Tapala, uh, trading Altuve for Tapala definitely is your worst, but you figured out your second worst yeah. trade of of all time. And unfortunately, it happened this year and double unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It happened with me yeah so i mean the the good thing is is uh at least it's a forgettable person i'll never have to hear it again every show mm-hmm. for the rest of my life so that's great but uh yeah i definitely traded you i, I honestly i didn't remember who it was when we started <laughs> you the show didn't. i did uh, I, I did i told you immediately so in our three sport my baseball team just sucks so i figured let's go ahead and, you know as uh as our boy amos would say in the expanse you know you don't want to be in the middle you're the top or the bottom. Everything else is churn. So I don't want to be in the churn. So let's uh, let's just sink to the bottom. And um, I started trading off some of my uh, pieces here for prospects. I you traded Zach, off some good stuff. Yeah, Zach yeah. Wheeler. Zach Wheeler, who's now going to win a Cy Young. I traded Man, you for traded Vidal some Bruhan. pretty good players. By yeah. You traded yeah. some players. That I'd probably be in like fifth good. place right now if I didn't trade everybody. <laughs> you might but, be in the playoffs. But my team around. was not good. I mean, ser- seriously, I have like I had like six good players on this team. So. Uh, I traded trade you Salvador Perez for who was it? Isaac that's Green, the trade. But that's, a, that's the trade you traded. Yeah, uh, you, were, you were saying it like you were going to go to other trades. But the worst trade of all time we figured out is Bogman traded me Salvador Perez for Isaiah Green, who's a prospect with the Indians. And, and I the think fu- the funniest thing offered. is, it, yeah, I definitely offered it to you because I was just offering a bunch of trades. Um, the the one that I didn't and the guy that I didn't end up trading was Cedric Mullins. So I'm like kind of happy I didn't trade Mullins, but I had know, a couple trade I just offers waited. in the hopper. I had some offers in the hopper to trade for you, but we got so busy and I never got to them. Uh, so I, I kind of regret I would have liked to have gotten Mullins, but I, I'll 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 deal with the second most homers in baseball by a catcher. Yeah. Salvi Perez, who, by the way, will have some staying power. I mean, do you think you Isaiah determine... Green's ever going to hit 50 home runs like uh, Salvi Perez is going to hit this year? Absolutely. Between 2024 and 2027. Uh, I in think the Bogman Memorial Three Sport League. Right. <laughs> I'm saying so. in between those four years combined. He will have 50 combined. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he will he will probably get up to 50 professional home runs at some point in his career, right? Yeah, exactly. we'll get there at some point in the career. Uh what Salvi Perez is doing by the way is like it, it's next level. What's the um let's see. I'm going to go most home runs by a catcher cuz I want to see this in a season. Piazza oh. hit a ton in one year, didn't he? Um, oh, this is giving me career. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, well, let's start here for a second. This is interesting. I wanted uh by season, but okay, so number one, uh, are you guessing Mike Piazza and home runs by a catcher? Yes, yes, 
399 career homers at catcher uh, and only 1,700 games, by the way, which is less games than I think anybody else in the top nine or 10, it looks like. Can you guess who number two is? No, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I just have no idea. You're, you're defeated. You are not, so defeated. You're like, no, I don't is know. Yachty? <laughs> Yachty's played for a million years. He's had a decent amount of homers. Uh, No, he's not even. I don't even remotely see him. So here's your top list. Carlton Fisk with 366. Okay. So no catcher with 500 homers or even remotely close. None with four. Uh, Johnny Bench, 356 as well. Or 366 was Fisk. Bench was 356. Yogi Berra, 336. I'm sure you're going to mention a player that I watched in my lifetime that's not Piazza soon, right? Yeah, soon. Lance Parrish at 324. And then number six on the list, Pudge. Pudge Rodriguez, 311. Brian McCann comes in at number eight on the list. Jorge Posada, number nine. And then Salvi is down here at like, it looks like number 18 all time. Yeah, that's all right, because he's going to break the all-time record this year. So it's fine. Yeah. He's going to hit well, that's what I'm trying to... the rest of the year. Every at-bat's going to be a home run because I traded him. So so this is interesting. Um, it looks like he's already broke it because <laughs> it looks like um, this is telling me Pudge hit the most single-season home runs as a catcher with 35 in 1999. Which Now, now see, here's my broken. question, though. Are they counting? Uh, because obviously Sal plays. Uh, he is a catcher, but how many at the catching position while he's catching and not DHing as he hit this year. Cause maybe that is a qualifier for that. You know mm. what I mean? So you should look up, uh, we should I'm look, look it up right now. So yeah, I'd be curious at how many he hit while DHing versus catcher, but it, it's just gotta be qualified catcher. They can't like distinguish that. So it says well, he's hit 26 as a catcher and 12 as a DH. All right. So that's still pretty good. Let's see. Um, with 32 homers left, Perez's 38 homers are now the most among any American League player who played. Okay, here it is. It's uh, 32 homers. 38 homers are now the second most uh, with a player who played at least 75% of his games as a catcher, passing Carlton Fisk in 1985 with 37. Pudge hit the most single season home runs as a catcher with 35 in 1999. Uh, so, I mean, that would make, yeah, that's Salvi. I mean, it seems like they're trying to do the little distinguishing, like, percentage of played at the position and stuff like that to go okay. against Pudge. But Salvador Perez is the most prolific single-season uh, catcher, and that would make the a fantasy catcher. Him. Yeah. I remember, I remember where I was when I uh, traded him to you. I was in the uh, Angry Crab parking lot waiting for Jag and Brandon Nolan to show up. So, uh, oh. That was, I don't know why I remember that. I think it's because I was in the middle of like four negotiations with trades, which I'm, you know, I, I just wanted that team to sink and I'm 15 out of 16. So I'm proud to say that the, uh, the plan has worked. I will get a very high pick next year and probably the next couple of years after that. But um, I still do have Cedric Mullins on that team. So get at me three sport players. It's a lot of fun. Hey, congratulations. Yeah. So you'll probably, fun. I'll trade you Cedric Mullins who will immediately go into the hall of fame and you can yeah. give me back Rafael DePaula. Obviously I'm an idiot. Yeah. So get Mike Davis, fine. Mike running back from the Falcons, Mike Davis, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing all my running backs in three sport, which is a very fun league to play by the way. And uh, this episode, by the way, friends is brought to you by patreon.com slash ITL army. That is where the three sport league is played. It's something we created uh, when we kind of first set up our Patreon and we do have some exclusive leagues on Patreon that, you you know, keeper leagues, dynasty and stuff that you got to be a part of Patreon to play in. And we got tons more probably 
the week is kind of weird, but it's usually the first week in September where I update the dynasty and the keeper uh, or the prospects. I might have it by Friday, just to let you guys know, is you might have the dynasty and full dynasty prospect update this coming Friday if you're on Patreon. So it is a great time to make sure you're in. Plus, we've got a brand new break event later this month. We've got live streams with Bogman, who does some football games, but you can talk baseball, secret shows, group me rooms, and so much more. Support your boys as baseball season comes to a close, but it doesn't come to a close here at ITL. It's all off season long. With uh, We still have episodes. We do. Prospect One is popping off. Lots of dynasty coverage. Patreon.com slash ITL Army. Come and check it out today. Mm-mm-mm, Salvi. We'll have to see. <laughs> what Salvi does for me in the playoffs. And well, what do you what do you think his uh season and home run total is gonna be? Um boy. I don't think he gets to fifty. I mean No, I would say forty two. That's what jumped out to me. It's four like, I know, more. Like, I mean he's hit five in no, the last five, five days. He's thirty seven. I thought he Isn't had thirty eight. Was he thirty eight? Uh okay. I mean, well, I'll go forty two, <laughs> forty three. I just don't think it like Maybe I have a thing against uh, catchers ultimately. Well, look. yeah, I, I mean, you was... clearly do. You always have. You are. You're right. It is 38. Uh, it's... So I'll go for. Give me 44. 22 games left. 44. You higher or lower? Chicken. We'll play chicken with this homers. Ooh. I go. I'll go 40. I'm gonna start at 42. 44. <laughs> 45. You can have it. Oh, you're gonna let me have yeah. it? I'll let you have it. <laughs> let me have 45. So. Seven more homers. It's easy. Come on, yeah. he's, catcher. he's the greatest catcher single season of all time. There was a quick chicken there of uh, Salvi Perez. Uh, well, by I'm the chicken, way, you know, <laughs> last week the number one player in fantasy with six home runs in the last seven days with 14 RBIs. Ridiculous. He actually is on a five straight home yeah. run streak. In six of his last seven games, he has a home run. Salvador Perez. You know, I don't think he's going to change the conversation. That this is a whole in- another interesting way you could go about it. But like, you know how I'm always pushing against the catchers in the top 100. There's no doubt he's going to be a top 100 player. But where do you think Salvi goes? Do you know where he is on the season overall? Uh, probably right around 40 or 50, right? Um, we're looking at Yahoo, so always know when we do this, we just cite because they'll give you that numerical thing really easy. 18 and a 18? standard five by five, 38 oh homers, 94 RBIs. He is fourth I didn't know in he had baseball. That many RBI, I guess. So fourth in baseball in RBIs. Fourth. Oh. Which is, by the way, here is an inch. You know, I don't. He's going to go in the third round next year, dude. You know it's trippy. I, I would not have told you Jose Abreu led the league in RBIs. Maybe we need to do a little uh, look over at the stats here for a minute. But the top six players in RBI in baseball are AL players. The number, you know who the number one NL RBI leader is? Mm, Freeman? I don't know. It's a first baseman. Uh, who is it? Jesus Aguilar. Oh, wow. Jesus Aguilar. Number one in the NL in RBI with 89. Nine. That is it. wild. Okay, here's another one. Of the top, uh, I'll even Dude, give there's you... two Marlins that I took. I was taking Aguilar and Adam Duvall in a bunch of stuff. Guess who's uh, number two in the NL in RBI? That's Duvall. I Adam Duvall with 87. Okay, well, so now you know. But uh, well, I was going to ask you another question. But of the top 10 in RBI in all of baseball, only one player has a 300 batting average. That is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. With a yeah. 312 batting average, which is absolutely nuts. So, but that is one of the things we're going to look at. Uh, 
in this episode. We're going to look over the last couple of weeks. Later in this week, we're going to be doing a lot of uh, draft, uh, not draft, but um, playoff prep, heavy prep for the coming weeks. And we'll also look at transaction trends. But with catcher, coming back to that real quick, like where do you think he's going to go like next year? Because I don't believe Third round. there is, whoops, I went to pitcher. I don't think there's another catcher inside the top 100. Yeah, there's not, uh, at least as you know, Yahoo system, there is Salvador Perez, a Grand Canyon drop, and then it goes to Will Smith, who's ranked at 108. So only one catcher. So it's going to be the fight for that number one catcher. Would you pay it? And especially if it's like in the third round. I, I don't think I I don't think I'd pay for a career year in the third round for Salvi. So now I was 27 homers coming into this. Year. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the the thing here is, you know, I think people are going to pay it, though, because he has played so much DH and he does play third round. He, he plays every single day. He's one of the only catches that does that. So yeah. uh, I think people are will pay the difference. We see it every single year. People doing it right. Uh, if you find a guy that you think is going to be that difference maker, uh, a JT Romuto that's going to steal bases, hit for a high average, and hit for power, you know, uh, that's the difference. That That's the like the little thing for Salvador Perez that he has. It's not little either. It's it's a big thing going in his way is he does. He's one of the few catchers that will play every single day. Interesting. In the lineup. Do you know who number three on Yahoo at catcher is? Is it IKF? It's IKF. He's still, still, but check this out. What is he hitting? Like 225? I mean, no, he's hitting 266. Oh, wow. How fine. many homers and stolen bases? Uh, seven homers. 2020 guy? No, oh, seven no? homers, 16 stolen bases. He's oh, still okay. number one in stolen bases. He doubles the next guy. Does he, uh, does he get to 10 homers? Does he's he actually, I also like to put this out. He's number two in runs, by the way. He's number one in stolen bases, number two in runs at that catcher position. What did you ask me? Uh, does he get to 10 home runs this year? Do you think? Oh, I think, I think it, it, absolutely nice little into scores, uh, <laughs> September hundred percent. He's coming for score, but check this out. So, uh, Isaiah Kiner leads in at bats at qualified catchers on Yahoo. That's we'll lose that next year. Okay. Salvi to your point is number two, and he is only 24 at bats behind. Isaiah kind of flavor that. I mean, that's crazy that as a real catcher, guess how much the next catcher in at bats is at. I don't know. 150 so for, below. Uh, well, you went a little bit over 393, 105 at bats between number two and number three at catcher Salvador Perez. And the next guy who, by the way, the next guy is Kyle farmer. Who's fascinating. Cause he qualifies at everything. <laughs> how about a catcher that plays catcher? Where's the next catcher real mutually who has 371 at bats. So that is 127, uh, something like that. Uh, at a bat difference between Ramuto and Salvador Perez this year. You know, what's funny is I went to go look at, uh, stolen bases on, on fan graphs and it still had Whit Merrifield as the leader because it's technically oh, you know what? Starling Marte wouldn't qualify uh, in at bats, but he has four more swipes than wit. So let me make sure I'm looking at that. You know what I was actually looking at? I was, uh, I'm going to look at this real quick. I was looking at hits. So let's hits. go. Bats. Oh, unbelievable. So the number two in hit, hits versus at bats is what I was giving you technically. So let's see, let's go to standard. So let me give you the real numbers because someone's like, he's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. All right. So 
Oh, Fangraphs, you are just, <laughs> you're just so much fun sometimes. Just, you know, just like wading through the nonsense sometimes is super, super frustrating. Okay, so plate appearances. Now I have to go to standard. Why is, uh, why are plate appearances more of the standard than at bats? Um, I can I ask know. that question? I mean, you can ask it. I don't have a real good answer. For I'm just it. not going to get an answer for it. Okay. Um, okay. So here is how this works out. So, th- so this looks different, by the way, because it eliminates some players. So I'm, I'm still technically in the right place here. Salvi, 498 and at bats. The next catcher is Christian Vasquez at 380. So still 118 at bat difference of yeah. eliminating Farmer and, and Kiner Falefa. Romuto is still at 371. Yachty is number four and Contreras is at 345. So you're talking 100 plus more at bats. You know how much I hate catchers and how against that I am. But you know if you are going to be a proponent of like making sure you get the elite saves guy. I don't see a reason why you don't do the same thing with Salvador Perez. My argument with IKF that uh, Spore was so inflammatory about with me and (laughs) Justin Mason was that like when you get the advantage on at bats at stupid catcher, it's something worthwhile. And Salvi is now in a position where he's just going to play almost every day. I mean, he he legit is, is going to push like 600 at bats. When's the last time you had an actual qualified catcher get that many at bats you just don't see it i mean he's currently up to 129 games and that's why he'll go that high you know not everyone is going to but i think i might take it i'm I'm not sure i'd take your third round uh, hold on let me correct you (laughs) no you will never ever do that you will never ever even if we're talking you know roto 15 man you will not take salvador perez or any other catcher in the top uh 50 players you won't do it you won't uh, when do you get it. to that 50 marker. It's going to be really close. That fifth round, boy, fifth round is where I'd really be interested in Salvador Perez. It's such an advantage, especially in Roto. It's such an advantage with that catcher. I don't know. I think I might. I'm interested in Salvi Perez. I hate buying on so the Salvador years. Perez is the the straw that broke the camel's back for you. That that's the that's the one that brought you back around on catchers. <laughs> now it's two catcher leagues because Not- you can take Salvador <laughs> Perez. And get an advantage. You're going to take Sal Perez you know and JT and a, Romuto and a two catcher league four and five. And you're going to Salvi be might be a first rounder guy. in a two catcher league. Uh, come on, and a two catcher league. He's not even He's a, a first rounder, rounder in a normal league. He's 18. Yeah, but okay. Any but league you, that you do, unless it's a 20 man, is not he's not a first. So rounder, much more so stop with that. Come I on. won't. But see, what you're con- convoluting is you're I'm also not, paying for a career years. I know. Hit and 40 I, homers again. But that's why I won't pay a third round. But if I could pay a fifth round or something like that, I like that. But also the difference between what what you are getting on me about is I'm not going to go then. Oh, man, I missed out on him. All right, let's get the next guy. No, <laughs> then I'll wait until 150 overall. I'm saying Salvador Perez is special. I can tell you right now how many Salvador Perez shares you're going to have next year. This second. <laughs> Zero. One. One? one oh, okay, because you. the one I own. The one I traded you. you. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one you're going to have. You will not have many. He's going to go too high for you. You hate the catch. I mean, he probably will, but I think it's a bigger advantage. I think it's even better than the, the closer argument because the closer is just like, oh, I missed out on Hater. Okay, now I'll take the next guy. That doesn't exist with catcher. It is literally a class. Yeah, of that's zone. true. Like, th- there's very few people that, oh, here's my secret sleeper catcher that is going to get a lot of at bats that nobody's thinking about. I mean, there are some, you know, uh, but. Most of those are going to be, you know, oh, here's my super secret closer. This guy is going to end up, you know, being the closer for this situation, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So, uh, all right. Some other notes around baseball. Uh, we'll do this fun one here. Here's my trade. You want to see my celebration for my trade? Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to move that story to the bottom there, but yeah, you know, Bogman's got a thumbs down there. It, it's, oh, so we'll talk about it then. 
it's the dumbest thing in baseball, uh, to be honest with you. It's the most Mets thing ever. And you know what? Good for them. Thumbs down all you want. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. I wish, you know what I, I hate? I hate more than anything. And it happens in our business, whether it's the fantasy or the radio or on air, where people ignore things. You ignore like clear, like when, you know, people do ridiculous things and they need to be called out or <laughs> things happen. People ignore the same thing with the Bauer stuff. You know, like we've jokingly done the Voldemort and stuff like that, but everybody gets up in arms about fantasy people talking about the fantasy impact when they do something garbage. But okay, but it like you talk about fantasy. That's like what happens right. sometimes. Everybody wants to pretend things don't exist and they don't happen all the time. And nothing annoys me more. That's why we get on shows and I make little pokes and I prod and I do little things because it annoys me because <laughs> let's not pretend it's just like in when r old radio shows would fight and they would try not to say the other station stuff. No, just say the thing. The same thing exists here. If fans are calling you out, I want players to not pretend like they don't do that. Sure. Do stuff. Jab back at them. I think that's great. And then ownership to be such. This is the most the customer's always right. Like, oh, I'm so sorry that this <laughs> happened to you. Uh, let me can we get you a free pizza next time because we were late on our delivery. For them to be like, oh, it's so unacceptable that the, the buyers and them are doing thumbs down. No, you guys are unacceptable. You guys are losers. Stop having, stop putting together bad teams and deal with it. Let the play, if the, if the stupid New York fans want to boo the stupid New York bets, Mets, let them all boo at each other. Let them do thumbs down. Let them boo. Let them have <laughs> inner fighting. Let them figure it out themselves. We don't need the manager. We don't need the parent to step in and put them. Mets are embarrassing. Management's embarrassing, especially that they made this such a ridiculous, like mm, we have a press conference and you know, it's just totally not acceptable. And it's like, no, you're not acceptable. Uh, I'm I'm the opposite. I don't think they should be doing it. That's uh, ridiculous. Uh, I mean, ridiculous. I, I I think I mean, I don't I don't care. Like, I'm not like going to throw a fit about it. I just think like, what are you doing? You know, it, it's gonna, just, oh, yeah, wait, wait. Are you going well, to tell me that they pay me, your, we, you pay their salaries? You no, well, no, no, no. Uh, but but to me, it's like you're not going to put yourself in a good light. And the New York media is already harsh. Like it to me, it's just it's not because I'm offended, but that they're doing it. I do not care at all even a little bit the fans pay you have the right to boo you know these guys they they can do whatever they want they're grown men i'm, I'm not going to sit here and say you can't do that i think it's stupid for them i don't think it's stupid that they're doing it i think that it paints you in a bad light in the media they're going to be all over you and Lindor's never going to live up to this contract now right like you know he's going to have to win multiple mvps for the media and all the fans to forgive him now i mean bias is gone after this year him. who cares yeah. you know you win a World Series, everything is forgiven, and I understand that. I think it's bad for him. So to me, uh, I look at it more like that's not something I would do. That that's all. I don't oh. care. Like I said, I don't have like a hardcore like. Oh well, the customer's always right, and it's a, so dumb to be antagonizing the fans. We pay these salaries. players salaries. Yeah, I, we I would we pay I'll never them. say that. I do not care what other people do. It makes no difference to me i don't care that's what but we're built on like what, you and I are what built I say, on like who cares what people do Let well you that's do true you do. exactly but so for me i just look at it and go would i do that if i was in that situation and i think it's pretty stupid to i 100 so, would i 100 yeah. would at that point yeah because, everyone like, knows you would you, you, <laughs> you do it to the listeners of this show so everybody know you invented this so. i did invent this <laughs> exactly that one time i met javi Baez at the world baseball classic i told him yeah, i said you're like hey start when doing they this turn on you yeah. yeah when they turn on you yeah. just like that fat guy just call them mud people yeah. yeah just call them mud people 
you know what? I think if anything, it's it's gonna it's gonna be more endearing. It's like two people fighting and then coming together on the same cause. I actually think it can make them better because guess what? New York fans are not soft. You know who is to me? Soft? It's Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley. I don't care, and I'll never pay for it. So it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with that, but I think the only person that's actually soft here is management with the Mets. Everybody, let them work it out. You know, if fans suck, you know, I don't that's even fine. think they're if soft. Players I, suck; they get booed. If fans are going to boo and be sucky, then players get the thumbs down. But, you. but what are they like when your when your main customer base is is complaining? They can, they can't do exactly what you just said. Oh, they, they can't they can't ignore it. Wrong. They're not going to get their tickets now. They they, they can't ignore it. They got to go. They got to say something about it. So, you know, they they say what the people paying them want to hear. That's what they're saying. You know, and why? Why is anyone surprised that management has that type of an attitude? You know what I would do if I was Javi Baez? If I was Javi Baez and Lindor, I would start walking around the city and I would walk into stores and I would just start booing random people. Not boo them at their jobs. (laughs) I would go into like Safeway and I'd start booing people. I'd go into a CVS and I would boo them and I would put it all on Instagram and I'd be like, this is what it's like. You know what I would even do? I would go up to management. You know I would do this. I would find the season ticket holders and I would go to their jobs. I would go to their JP Morgan chases up in the 12th. Uh, the you know the Boom. story. I'd be wearing Why didn't all you get my more equipment. money for that investor, you dick. I, yeah. and, you know what? I would be in full uniform, like when Javi Baez with the Cubs went to go get his coffee. I'd be full uniform, walking around the city, uh. booing everybody all day long, and let the media cover mm. that, and then see what management has to say about that. Yeah, that you know what? That's a really good way to go about things, Very and, and and you're never ever gonna have more issues because of that. So that, that's what I look like. That, see that that's how I, I look care. at this stuff. Is like, what isn't going to inconvenience me the most, and yeah. not do that? That's what I would do. So yeah, I I look at things as like, what's what's the line of what I can do? And if yeah. I have millions of dollars, so there's no financial repercussions. Like, what's the worst that's gonna happen? Oh, they're gonna cut them, and they get to keep all their money. Like then I would just I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna do my thing. You know what they should do is they should buy uh like you know the teams have all the different kind of weird celebration stuff like the necklaces and stuff. They should all they should all chip in and buy a giant gold thumbs down necklace and pass that around for whenever they, uh, somebody makes a great. You know what I would do? I would buy like. 400 thumbs down like beach ball type things blow ups and i would just start hitting them around the stadium so there's just thumbs down going everywhere <laughs> i'm telling you the fan i'm telling you right now the fans will embrace this they're going to embrace this and it's going to be a thing with i i think the next game it's just going to be all fans thumb down it's good jabbing good jabbing is a, is a good thing and it's new york media and it's the mets and they blow and it's okay let them yeah. have personality. This is like the Yankees telling you to shave your face. So you telling players not to have emotion. They're fine. They're not yeah, flipping I mean, anybody look, off. I, I, once again, I I have I do not care that they are doing it at all. It makes no difference to me. All I think about is if I was in their situation, would I be doing that? And I would not. That's all. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, know. I, know I just yeah. It's it's like waiting in a line for me. Like, is this <laughs> going to be something that causes me problems? Yes, it is. There's so, so much you wouldn't do, do exactly because of that point. Because you're like, well, now that just that inconvenience my day. It's going to inconvenience day. me. They, yes, they don't exactly. care about that. They play yeah. baseball. They play baseball for a living. They play a child's game every single day, and they're having fun. And they're they're not even they're not even using the finger that pisses people off. They're using the other finger. <laughs> Why are all the fingers offensive now? There's one <laughs> finger that guess what? The Mets mascot used, and now the players are using a different <laughs> finger, and that's a problem. 
Jesus Christ, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Man. Met did it, so why can't we do a thumbs down? They're not Come even on. using that finger. It's- uh, you, was there uh, was there a statement from uh, ownership about Mr. Met? Huh? Mr. Let's normalize all the fingers being okay. That's what I say. That's what I say. Uh, Wanda Franco is. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. On base streak at 29 games, so that should end uh, the next game since we talked about it. It is the <laughs> second highest streak since. Oh damn it! Was it who the f, f was it? I almost guessed. Not that it mattered. It's not going to lose money cussing here. But the last part was it like Dimaggio or Ted Williams or rookie? Uh, can I need to look? Rookie I have no idea. On on base, base. I, I know streak. it's the longest streak for anyone 20 years or 20 years old or younger. It's Let's, the longest on base streak ever, I think. Oh, is it Mickey Mantle? Let's see. Uh, it joined Mickey Mantle, da, 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 the single, blah, 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 blah. Among 20 players or younger, Franco, Franco's streak is the sixth longest in ALNL history and the second longest in AL history. Um, well, what's the what's the record? Man- okay, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Thank you. Mantle is the only AL player to own a longer streak before turning 21 as he reached it at 36 straight games in 1952. So it looks like Mantles is number one. That's the longest. Oh, ever. there's a tweet right there by Sarah Langs that lays it all out. Uh, no, it's <laughs> Frank Robinson is number one, actually. 1956 at 43. This is the whole uh, players 20 uh, or under. Well, what about what about streak. just the all-time on base streak? Do we have that? Well, I mean, isn't that the hit streak? Same thing? No, no, it's not. No, it's on base. Walk. You, can get, you can get it with a walk. I know. I, so. I, I, well, you just said, isn't it the hit streak? Isn't okay, it the same but thing? Did anybody so. ever do on base more than uh, the the Ted Williams hit streak? Uh, I, I I'm sure they have. That's why I'm asking what the record well, is. I'm looking. No, who's on? It's first? Dimaggio. It's Dimaggio. That's the it, okay. But it's is all that the one on base streak. Yes, because it's 56. Nobody had more of anything else. Batting streak record singles batting streak. Oh, wait, that's on, the on. hitting streak. But that's the same thing street. as on it's base. Not. Somebody walked. On more. Base I know. Is getting on base. You could get it there with a walk. I know. And everything you just read, you just told us it was for people twenty or below. <laughs> no, that was the. Oh my okay. god, yeah. that was a Franco you know one. Boo! <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Boo! He just thumbs downed me. By the way, he just thumb. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's reset here for a second. The Wander Franco 20 and under streak. Yes, that is Man- Frank Robinson at 43, Mantle at 36, Franco's at 29. That's its own little encapsulated. Hey, let's talk about 21 year old again. Uh, for, uh, let's see. Now, this is games played. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm looking. Uh, what is the long? <laughs> they only want to talk about the Wander Franco streak when you type this in. My whole point was is the hit streak. I want to say nobody has ever gone on base more than the hit streak. So I want to say that is it. Okay. I don't think that's true. You don't think that's true? No. Uh, I think there's been, because Tommy Pham had like 48 a couple years ago or something. Okay. But that still doesn't beat DiMaggio. I, I understand. But if Tommy Pham had 48, I'm sure some of these other legendary players were better than that. See, most by a rookie, most consecutive with a hit. Oh, wait. Here we go. Most consecutive times reaching base. Oh, this times in a row. I know this just doesn't work. Uh, oh, wait, most consecutive times reaching base safely. Are you ready? Okay. That would be it, right? Uh, it might be. 
Ted Williams, 84. 84. I just found the same thing. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's a, boo! All the listeners, boo! You guys yeah. suck. <laughs> I don't blame you. From 19... It was 1941. Oh, this math doesn't even work out on how it does it, but whatever. Uh, 84 games reaching base safely. That is... Okay, so that you are right. That is much bigger streak than DiMaggio's 56 with a hit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, that was that right. was my argument. I was like, did somebody ever really do like more than the hit streak on on base? So, yeah, apparently Ted Williams demolished that at eighty four games. That's ridiculous. Why don't we talk about that streak more? <laughs> yeah, because the NL record is sixty. Yeah, so, by who the hell is this? George, George Van, Van Haltren. Yeah, I'm seeing it. Oh. Uh, you know what okay. really annoys me is that they had like this is just whatever the site is, Baseball Almanac. Uh, it has this list, but it doesn't show like. Uh, the rest behind it, like you can click on Ted Williams, then it yeah. just has Ted Williams. Records, it's it's you know. and as you can see now, this is exactly convoluted. what I was looking. At. It's yeah. not a very friendly looking site where you can like easily like you know what the best thing is being able to easily find stuff on the fly yeah. for shows like ours. But Juan Franco continues to uh, be incredible, be way better than Jared Kelnick, and look make me look so good uh, in that prospect world of that fame. Not really, but that you know, wander <laughs> over Kelnick debate. Quick question. Where do you think Franco goes next year? Um, I don't know. You, you know what? I mean, a lot of that is going to depend on the last 20 games here. If I had to say right now, around five or six, somewhere in that neighborhood. Wander Franco. Wander, Wander Franco. Franco. You did it. You I actually, it. I pulled the instrumental and started writing the Jeffrey Bezos as Wander Franco song. And then I just stopped. <laughs> what, what year was he born? Born in 2000? Like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. really fit. Well, I was working it out. I was working out the song for the. Born uh, in 2000. Wander, Wander, Wander Franco. Franco. I think Wander's probably the most going annoying to be... TikTok and Reels uh, uh, thing ever. It is people just put their own name in it. They don't change the words at all. And they dance to the song. Yeah, they, just, they just say born instead of born in 1964. It's just words that pop up that say when they were born and then they dance to the song. That's it. It's stupid. I'm glad you uh, you shared it with us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm glad you shared it. That's what I think about that. Right there. Uh, all right. Let's burn through some of the rest of these because people are probably having just like a <laughs> manic episode at the beginning of this. Uh, Kybert Ruiz or Kybert Ruiz is making his debut with the Nats today as we are doing this bad boy. He has uh, absolutely kind of revived his career. At one point, seen as a massive, massive hit tool guy, um, he's really like re- had to redevelop who he was as a prospect. He's got some really good power, and uh, I'm trying to pull up his. Uh, he was the key to that numbers. trade too. Was um, him and Josiah Gray? Yeah, well, but it was him because they liked him over Campusano. That that was the reason that they did the deal with the Dodgers instead of the Padres. Yeah, I mean, the Padres still like uh, Campusano for uh, whatever reason, but 21 homers in the minors so far this year between the Dodgers and the White Sox. He's back up in that you know 300 range of batting average because that's what he did in 2017 with the Dodgers is he was like a 300 hitter across multiple levels. And then like so many prospects, they start to learn to adjust to who they are as a hitter to hit for power and they lose the average and then it comes back and it's done it. So Kiebert's going to come out here and kind of replenish a little bit more of the catchers. He'll get a final run to the season. And Otani is now a 40 homer, 20 stolen base player with over a hundred innings pitched 
with an eight and one record. He's got a three ERA, almost a sub one whip, 127 Ks, which is almost 11 K per nine. Shohei Otani is something else. Bogman, here's the biggest question I have. Do you think Yahoo is going to be compelled to fix their system coming into next year because of how embarrassing it is that they're two players? No, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I do not think so. I mean, look, you know, and it's it's just the the way that Yahoo's going because they're owned by a different company now is that they're just not going to spend money on fantasy sports. You know, they're going to go with the structure that they have and they'll make minor improvements, but nothing that costs any real money. So. I think this. I think there should be a change.org petition. I mean, maybe I should start it. A change.org petition. Wouldn't matter petition. because they're not a. I don't think they're an American company anymore. So. Oh, so they're not going to listen to Americans voting for not only I mean, Americans might. have to do it. Uh, they, they might, but I just don't. I don't think they're going to care. So. I mean, it, it, are people so excited that they can draft two Otani's? No, they should be one. <laughs> if if there's ever been a time where Yahoo looks more stupid, it's right now that he's still two players, and they should fix it, and they should figure a way out to let you switch between and he would become, he's a cheat code. He's an absolute cheat code. He's ridiculous. And how hilarious. Remember beginning of the year, my bold predictions on Otani, like he blew through him at the all-star break. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's just stupid, you know, and Joe and I and tout got, uh, got caught with, uh, you know, uh, we bought both sides, both sides. So it's been, uh, it's been pretty good for that team. So, uh, you know, Otani is just on a different level from everybody else. And we're never like, do you think he's going to just repeat these type of numbers next year? I can't imagine that he does. It's, yeah, this but, is insanity. But if he does 90% on each side, it, that that's good enough. You know what I'm saying? You, okay. Yeah, I just, uh, it's got to be hard to keep this. You, you're doing it from both sides. How, how, how long can he keep this going? That's my um, question. I mean, I think he can do this for quite a while. Like okay. the ease of his swing, the ease of the power. I mean, the pitching is the big question. How much will he hold up? Where, uh, by the way, I just pulled this up. What do you think that MVP odds look like in the AL right it, now? It, I looked them up the other day oh. and it's, uh, it's absurd. It's like, uh, then I think, isn't the next person like 9,000 to one after Otani? So Otani is minus 3,500 <laughs> for AL MVP. If you voted today, Vladimir Guerrero is plus 1500. Yeah. <laughs> Look I at mean. that swing there. But here's an interesting one. Not that it's going to happen, but you know, you could, I don't know, you can maybe Vlad think would about have to it. hit like a home run every single game for the rest of the year. And Otani would have to blow out his elbow tomorrow. Like, both possible. Both yeah. completely. I mean, possible. both possible. Yeah, yeah. for oh, sure. Otani but... almost got his hand blown up uh, the other day or he got hit on the hand. Um, I know there's a large contingency of people that want to see him not only win the MVP, but win the Cy Young. And he is currently fifth on the betting odds in the AL plus 3,600 to win. He's not going to end up with enough innings to win the Cy Young. So you have to have a a qualified number. Uh, You don't, you don't have to have a qualified number because relievers have won it before and stuff. Do you think it would be win it against uh, some of those other guys? Do you think it would be in bad taste if the people with the Cy Young voting accounted for what he did as a hitch uh as a hitter yeah to, to, you think it would be like atrocious yeah. if he did that yeah, I, I do i do but but that is that's why he's going to win the mvp is because he's doing both he is clearly the yeah. most valuable player in baseball it's not even close right but the cy young is about your pitching performance and his pitching performance is amazing this year it's great but it's not you know he's not going to throw 200 innings so uh you know why would you put him in there that that's all that, yeah. that's all i, I just say. 
his ERA would have to be like under two for him to be in consideration for that. And it's it's right at three, which is great. He's doing yeah, amazing. but what if he got it to like two seven and he what what if he touched like got close to you know like 150 strikeouts, hit a sub uh, three ERA? You can't count into like he did this as a pitcher while also being the most prolific hitter in baseball. I don't you think can't, you should you can't consider I, that. I, uh, it's different awards. I don't think you should. I think uh, you know you should consider just his pitching for the Cy Young. And, yeah. you know, just like for the Silver Slugger, you're not going to say, well, you know, as a DH, he pitched a lot of innings. You know, that's it, it's it, to me, that's uh, it's not the correct thought process. That's what but, I would say about it. Uh, just because I have this up hilarious. Can you guess who the number two in NL MVP odds are? Number one is Tatis, of course. Um, He's minus I have, 260. I, I don't know. Bueller? <laughs> You said that uh, the next guy Bueller. is plus seven fifty, but it's Max Muncy is the Max second, Muncy. Okay. second best. Muncy's having a great odd. year. Ah, sure. Okay. Whatever. I guess. Uh, all right. Some other news and notes. Jesus Lazardo, uh, good outing, six innings, eight strikeouts, one walk after wow, everybody was so pissed off about how loser he's been. I'm a buyer next year. James Karinchak was optioned to triple a. Oh, so I, uh, so uh, class a is your guy. The di- this one snuck up on me because I had him in our NL league, but the Diamondbacks released as Drupal Cabrera. Then he was like claimed by the Reds. This all happened like under my radar, but you know, good riddance. See ya. Bye. Yeah, Beat it. Who needs you? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Drupal. baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so tired of losing. Uh, Sterling Marte, uh, you just, uh, I like this note. He's just been incredible since joining the A's. 20 stolen bases in 27 games. Uh, I think it's 22 and 28 now. It's, One of the best debates for redraft next year will be uh, Marte. Because remember, remember Marte a couple of years ago, I think this was like going into 2020 or maybe into 19. Marte was like, you take him in the teens. You know, I remember TGFBI, he went like almost in the first round and we're kind of back to, I think we're back into that I think that in our original again. three sport draft, he was my, uh, or no, I guess it was the original dynasty. I think he was my second pick. I went Stanton in the first round and I took yeah. Mark Day in the second. Well, so I mean, that was many years ago when he was younger. But the dude has been just unbelievable. And I, I think we were kind of just looking at the way the stolen bases were pacing between the Pirates and the A's or the Marlins and the A's, excuse me. Uh, it looked like the Marlins were stealing way more bases. So we're kind of like, uh, I don't know, but. They have given him just the green light and he is swiping everything he can. Yeah, I think Alex Fast had a tweet where it was like, since Marte's trade, I think Marte has like more stolen bases than like 20 teams. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, like I said, uh, when I was looking in the, the fan graphs, just uh, stat leaders, I clicked on stolen bases and Wit was at the top. And I'm like, no, no, Marte's got over 40, but he wasn't, he didn't have enough at, at bats to qualify. So uh, I had to, you know, shift the the at bats to lower uh, to get him on the leaderboard. It's kind of crazy. Uh, Reese Hoskins is going to miss the rest of the year after undergoing abdominal surgery. So th- we're definitely in miss rest of the year season where there's only a couple more weeks. But all the reports on like Roto World or NBC Sports Edge, whatever you want to call them, you know, all the blurbs will say uh, blah 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 out for the year. Yeah, blah 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 blah. blah. By the way, incredible that we still have not seen Mondesi. We're we're still in the Mondesi versus Bobby Witt territory. I, I feel like um, you know who the winner in that is is Nikki Lopez. Is nobody? You know, yeah, the, the third the third person has entered the chat. Right, so it's Nikki <laughs> yeah. Lopez. Uh, Pirates also fired their hitting coach Rick Eckstein, which you know 
Who cares? Pirates are garbage. <laughs> uh, and a little bit of injury stuff. Descalfani was activated. Ian Anderson was activated. Ian Anderson had a pretty good game. Bieber threw a 36-pitch bullpen session on Friday. And yes, Manny Grandall was activated from the IL. While Jake Fraley... Um, uh, did I say Jake? Jack Fraley? Jake? It's Jake Fraley. You wrote Jack. Yeah, I did write Jack, and it is Jack. Yeah, it is You're Jake. Right. Uh, was placed on the IL with right... Good, by the way, ups to my brain for completely ignoring your incorrect thing and saying it right, but yeah. then not feeling confident and being like, wait, what? Did I give him a fake name? Uh, but ups to my brain here. Should I change uh, my name to Jack Peralta? Yeah, yeah you should. Pablo Lopez was delayed. That's good. Was <laughs> delayed in his rehab uh, with a strained rotator cuff and Kenta Maeda undergoing uh, season-ending elbow surgery, which is Tommy John. So also, see ya. Kenta Maeda. Let's go take a look at uh, the top performers over the last two weeks. Right here in this league. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. The perfect campaign is the perfect music. That's why premium beat tracks are produced by award-winning musicians at world-class studios. Plus, our license gives you tracks for a lifetime. Pay once and never again. Save 25% on your next track at premiumbeat.com slash royalty dash free slash podcast. Chris Welsh said you were coming. What else did he say? He said you were the best in the Parsec. Scott Bogman, former Imperial Sharpshooter. That's not saying much. I wasn't a stormtrooper, wise ass. Please excuse his lack of decorum. In this league, this is the way. Stop touching things. Gathering ourselves. In this league.fans, by the way, you can pick up merch. I don't know. Somebody messaged us, uh, a wonderful human being uh, that's a listener of ours that was on our Patreon, and he goes, hey, where's is the store still up? And I was like, yeah, dude, it's still up. And he's like, oh, it doesn't seem to be working. And it's still not working for me, but in this league.fans, or you can type in ITL uh, store, um, and you might be able to find all of our merch, like Prospects Assemble. There's an online store called ITL Coaching. I wonder what that's about. <laughs> that in. that's interesting um so you got to type in itl don't go to the coaching one we are not coaching anyone oh you could you'd be a good coach i, I would be a good coach yeah i think so oh um, here's an uh, there's an itl mug called inside the leather apparently there's another company the leather. another itl <laughs> you know what don't even bother looking for our apparel that's yeah. what i was actually gonna say don't even bother I trying to get a shirt. what that sounds like yeah, well, uh, we do have stuff, but apparently I need to do a research for it. Uh, <laughs> over the last couple weeks here, Boggs, I did say that over the last week, the most prolific hitter has been Salvador Perez. But if you expand it over uh, just a little bit more time, when did you pull these, by the way? Is this last night? This was about an hour ago. Oh, okay, good. So these are uh, today numbers. How wonderful. The number one player is not Salvador Perez. The number two player, the number three player, and the number four player are all Kansas City uh, Royals, I was about to say Chiefs, <laughs> but the first two are not Salvi Perez. So the number one player is Jose Ramirez, who has, by the way, his chain ga- uh, game 
is top notch. I don't know if you've been seeing. He has. He, yeah, that's like what I'm saying. Ago. You just got to put a big thumbs down on that thing and give it to the Mets. A hundred percent should. Yeah, he <laughs> should talk to his jeweler because he had the one where it's like a picture of him looking at a chain on his chain, and then he had the <laughs> um the what was it the major league baseball with the mohawk and everything the logo it's a beautiful <laughs> chain i really do love jose ramirez five homers five stolen bases 12 rbis 12 runs in this time 31 homers 19 stolen bases he's gonna have a 30 uh 20 season jose ramirez lockdown first round player next year right uh yeah i mean the dude has been incredible top know. 10 I don't know. I haven't, I haven't made my rankings for next year yet, but I mean, he's definitely going to be in that range for sure. Mike Trout or Jose Ramirez. <laughs> oh, I had a couple things. I, I got to go, go with Jose. Him. Yeah, maybe here's another one. Bo Bichette or Jose Ramirez. That one's closer. I think I might go Bo on that one. I think I might go Ramirez. I think, yeah, I, I mean, look, Jose is amazing. So it, it, it's tough to say. I think know, Ramirez, but, I think Ramirez might justifiably be in that top five or six range. Next but season. this is like, you look at Jose Ramirez being number one over the last two weeks. And there's not a soul that's surprised. Like he always has this in him. So he always has this in him. So he's definitely, uh, you know, you know, in the first round territory where, like I said, I haven't made my 2022 ranks yet, but he's definitely going to be in that top group. Yeah. I mean, especially with the consistency of what he's doing it over time, is kind of getting me and the way he's finishing strong and it's kind of moved away from this like oh you know he's that one crazy half type of player uh i mean obviously the second half is is dominating right now and yeah that three stolen base game that's kind of propped him up but you know in in a couple against the angels as well that's why he's got five stolen bases in the last two weeks with five home runs so the other two guys this was what was crazy if Salvi is not even the number one or two Royal, at least from a rank perspective over the last two weeks, it is Nicky Lopez, who is number two overall. Like all predicted. And Whit Merrifield is number three. Uh, those two combined for 13 stolen bases between them. Nicky Lopez had one homer, but eight stolen bases over the last two weeks. Whit Merrifield had five. Nicky Lopez is the single reason why we may not see um Bobby Witt at all like I can't think of another reason why because he's playing so well like what what's the reason they're going to push any any we're going to change anything with this team or move off of any of it no they shouldn't I mean you know uh I mean they can but the Royals are winning games right now they're seven and three in their last 10 you know uh not like they're gonna uh, all of a sudden jump into a wild card spot or anything but they're playing well so there's really kind of no reason to uh screw with anything right now and they're let obviously letting the these guys run so uh, i think i think you know what you're gonna have eventually in wit i think it might be better just to let lopez play out the rest of the year to see how long he keeps this pace and is he gonna get adjusted on or adjust back you know uh that, that kind of stuff to see what you have for him next season so well um, he's also one of the reasons why you know when they say um that Mondesi will come back as like a it's not like an everyday player. You know, he'll come back as a, as a rotational player. It's because like Nicky Lopez can play part of that rotation. It's just, I'm looking at this though. And like, I mean, they, they have, I'm just looking at depth chart right now. Emmanuel Rivera is at third base, which clearly that's where Bobby's going to go. Like he's, cl- right. I, I would imagine he's clearly going to be the third baseman because if you, you got Nicky Lopez who can play second, 
or short. So are they going to Tatis Mondesi? Are they going to stick him out in the outfield? Well, no, I think Mondesi is a, is a rotational player. Like Whit Merrifield. Look, if, if Mondesi is healthy, and I know the like, I think for this year, he would be a rotational player. But next year, if he's healthy and in the lineup, you can't make that dude a rotational player. He's got to be hitting at the top of your lineup every day. I mean, I know what you're saying, but I think they can and they might. I mean, they, and- they can do whatever they want, just like uh, Lindor and uh, Baez with the thumbs down, right? But yeah. uh, I, I, I can't, I just can't imagine that if Mondesi is healthy, he like this year I can because he's been so hurt. But going into next season, He's got to be an everyday player if he's well, healthy. Roster flexibility, they can move wit to to back to the outfield. You know, right now okay. they've got just trash listed out there. It's like Ben Intendi with the guys like Michael Taylor, Oliveris, and stuff. You can go put wit out in center field, and he's probably been. I'm, I'm not. Lo- I'm just looking at the stupid depth chart. Um, I can't think of where he's been all over. But Nicky Lopez can play second. Montesi could be short. Wit can play third, and um, and Whit Merrifield, sorry, Whit Jr. can play third, and Whit Merrifield can go in the outfield. But Bobby Whit can also play <laughs> in the outfield. So, well, uh, it's just the Whit Merrifield and Bobby Whit. Whit, yeah, Whit. I know too many Whits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you, you're you're absolutely right. It, something, uh, but I think I'm right too. Something's going to break one way or the other. All that we know is that Salvador Perez is going to be in that lineup every day. Yeah. So. Well, I, also, I think Nicky Lopez has kind of established that he's hitting just it's a pretty under good lineup, man. You got a it lot is. of speed there, a lot of if, double steals in that lineup. You know, if they could go and get some better bullpen protection with the young arms that they have, I mean, they, you know, they've got Singer, they've that's got they Lynch. That's they won the World Series the first time. But that's was- what they should do. They should go and spend. You know what I would do if I'm this team? To be honest with you, I'm trading Mondesi, and I'm trading them for some, like, hardcore bullpen help. Like, two pitchers. Like, one, you know what? Call Milwaukee. Go get myself Hater. Go get myself Hater or Devin Williams or whatever it takes. Trade Mondesi, get a strong bullpen guy, spend some money on it, do all that, and then you got these young. Get maybe one veteran pitcher to go with the guys like Singer and Lynch and and Bubich and all them, and just build around that because their offense is pretty strong. I mean, you still need some outfield help, but I mean, you know, they they got stolen bases through the wazoo. They got some great players. They just need to stay healthy and they need some strong bullpen help. And I think they could do something. And like you said, Salvi is the leader of the pack. Eight homers, 19 RBIs, number four in the last two weeks. Three damn Royals in that line. And Nicky Lopez is under 50% owned still. It's just, you know, it's a great stolen base chase uh, through the end. I mean, last two weeks, he's gotten almost 50% of his stolen bases on the year. So it's it's working out and he's hitting 400. Uh, Lou Bob. Four homers, number five over the last two weeks, hitting 417. He is back. And Tyler Naquin is right behind him with five homers and 12 runs, hitting 457. That's number six. Seven, nine, and 10, because there's a pitcher in there. You've got Tommy Edmond, who's 11 and 11 on runs and uh, RBI. He's got a couple stolen bases and homers. Aaron Judge is in there. And Patrick Wisdom is back on that S, dude. Seven Man. homers in the last two weeks. Never going to hit runs. for a good average, but uh, he smashes the crap out of the ball. You just made me think of this. Uh, someone asked me, our boy Zito asked, hey, could Patrick Wisdom really be in line for rookie of the year? Because his odds look really good. And I was like, well, I'm like, the homer numbers are like the, the homer numbers are going to prop him up like really, really well. He's at 25 home runs and only 250 at bats. I mean, he's pacing to be a 50 home run guy. And if you go and look on the NL odds, he's plus 1500. He's number three. So you've got Jonathan India, who is just far and away the favorite. And then Trevor Rogers is number two. But Patrick Wisdom, probably going to push 30 homers. 
I mean, is there an outside chance that the loser Cubs and Patrick Wisdom could maybe sneak this in, or is it still just India in your mind? I think it's a bad bet. Uh, I don't think I would bet on it. Is there a chance? Yeah, there's always a chance. I mean, if India starts hitting 100 for the rest of the season and Wisdom tacks on 10 more homers before the end of the season, then sure, you know, but it's not something that I would bet on. And, and, you know, you look at the specifics of that too. The Reds are in the playoff race. The Cubs are not. You know, uh, I think India's got it pretty locked up. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, I think it, it hurts. I think the thing I told Zito was like, it hurts that the Cubs are so bad. They, they're yeah. just so unbelievably bad. I think it hurts. Uh, Stanton, six homers in the last two weeks, 341 batting average, picking it up. CJ Cron, 13 RBIs with five homers. He was number 12. Brandon Lau continues to jump up there. Four homers, 11 RBIs with 12 runs, 271 batting average. Ian Happ picking up a little bit. Jordan Alvarez, Mr. Jose Bray, Smiley. and Charlie Marte. Yeah. Mr. Smiley, Ian Happ. I actually, I think I did see him smile one time. So he smiles more. I, there's just something about him. He, he had like a, um, I also saw an alien and a unicorn having sex one time. So you you did. Mm-hmm. are you watching American horror story? <laughs> uh, have you seen that photo they have where it's like an alien and a ghost, like no, making out? No, I haven't, but, but here's the, uh, uh, all I, I've never watched, um, not American horror story. Uh, God, I'm getting it mixed up. What's the, uh, what's the one on Netflix that everybody loves? Nope. Come on. The Twilight Zone one. It's not American. Horror oh, uh, Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Yeah, that one. All I know is someone said, uh, yeah, my wife was like, if he F's this pig, we're not going to be watching this show ever again. <laughs> That's the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then he said, and we have not gone back to it. So I've watched. Um, and that's all I had to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, spoiler alert. He I'm did F the it. pig. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That, was, that was part of the thing he had to. I've watched three episodes of that. And one of them was the Miley Cyrus one because my wife wanted to watch it. I mean, <clears throat> My, you know, my life is bad enough and I feel guilty enough about things. I don't need Black Mirror giving me more stuff to feel guilty about. So, no. Yeah, you're not. But you're not a big horror guy. Like horror, like freaks you out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm okay with it. It, it, But there are some good horror movies like The Exorcist was good, obviously, uh, you know. Uh, th- those exorcism movies uh, are pretty solid, but yeah, sometimes they get to me, man. I don't, I don't like that stuff. That I was watching the walking dead last night, which is just atrocious and it's so ridiculous of me, <laughs> but I just, you know, I just am so pot committed. There's nothing else on. And I was almost asleep and then I got woken back up. So I just was doing, and I was laying there watching it and dude, I, I freaked out because it felt <laughs> like somebody grabbed my leg. And there was no one there, but I think I I had like a muscle twitch. It was just like a muscle twitch in my leg, but it felt like someone grabbed onto my thigh. So then the rest of the night, I was just like, I kept looking around. I did this bit. If you ever done this, if you're uh, cause I lay in bed and I'll watch stuff with my headphones in, take one headphone ear out. So I got an ear on the world. And then, yep. Well, I did it while I was watching my show. I just, I'm like, I'm going to watch this show with one headphone out so I can hear if any ghosts are trying to come at me. Yeah. I have people in my house now. Right. So, uh, so I'm not used to hearing other people up late, but you know, I hear someone get up and walk around. I'm like, someone robbing me. What's happening here? You know, I'm so used to that. Uh, and and no, it's just my cousin walking around, you know? Yeah. (laughs) No ghosts or anything like that. I don't know how we got on there. Uh, the last two weeks, two weeks, as far as pitchers go real quick, Garrett Cole, number one, your AL Cy Young. It looks like he's okay with that sticky stuff. That was a little overblown, huh? A little bit, but I mean, not everybody. You know, James. Not everybody, but but Cole specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just adjustment. But I mean, you know, the best players in that first start after, and everyone was like, (gasps) but he's fine. So the best players just adjust. By the way, um, 
I, mean, I wanted to see where this was. Uh, number two is, uh, I'll just get out of the way. It was Adam Wainwright. Uh, I was looking though, is Wainwright not anywhere on the Cy Young? He's not um, even on the list. I mean, I guess it's not, it hasn't been that good, right? But Wainwright's season, I mean, nah, he's, he's got it. 13 year. wins, sub three ERA with the Cardinals at his age. I think he it was the strikeouts, though, right? He's 41 years old. He's He was born two years before me and you. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, he has, I mean, his strikeout rate isn't terrible. He's not even on the betting odds. Like, are you kidding? We, we do, do we not consider any outside factors in anything whatsoever? Okay, sure. Maybe you but, don't want to build in. in the NL? Who's Lee? Uh, is it Gossman? It's, uh, it's Bueller. And I mean, then it's not Corbin beating, Burns. And, I don't know, dude. He's, he's 41 years old. Guys. Okay, he's, but but you don't take that into context. I think you know with, what? I think you should. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a with an award. No. Okay, Clayton Kershaw is on there, and he's not. I, I mean that that's dumb. I agree with you that it's dumb, but but he's not going to win it over those guys. So I mean, it's, that's not a bet you're going to make anyway. You can bet now, right? In, in Arizona, you can no, go place your wager. Uh, not in the sports book. A couple more weeks. Okay, so okay, but so in two weeks you'll be able to bet whatever it is. Yeah. So uh, you're not going to go put your money on stupid Adam. Wayne, I don't know. Right? I'm just looking. He's NL. not going to win it. He's got a sub three ERA and he's 41 but, goddamn years old. Th- this is what I'll say. He'll get votes just because he's not in the betting odds. Doesn't mean that he won't get votes. He'll get like you know fourth, fifth place votes for sure because no. people will take in the context. But he's not going to come close to winning the award. He's got 13 wins on the year, sub three ERA. He's second in baseball in wins. Second in baseball. He's tied. He's tied with he's as, as many wins as Bueller. Is it yeah, many well, wins? Uh, when Ian Kennedy lost out the uh, Cy Young to Clayton Kershaw, we all know wins don't matter. You know, yeah, they don't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, didn't he have 21 wins? Yeah, like 21 or 22 wins. Something crazy. That's ridiculous. Um, a couple more pitchers. So Wainwright, number two, league winner, dude. Kenley Jansen, back up on it. Six saves in the last two weeks. I don't even think, Let's is go, anybody Kenley. even close to that? No, nah, then it goes to four. Will Smith, Hayter. Couple of the bigger names are up here, but Kenley Jansen been the most valuable closer uh, during this time, which is a big payoff. Scherzer, Sonny Gray, Alcantara, uh, you got Hader, Classe, Musgrove, Logan Webb still on it last two weeks, 21 strikeouts, a 1-3-3 ERA. And this was on, I think, Thursday, Friday, or I think it was Friday or Saturday. He had another picked up another win against Atlanta, and he is pitching later this week against Milwaukee. He's in a really good spot. Zach Gallen pitching a little bit better. Dylan Cease, Robbie Ray, some of the more valuable pitchers over the last couple of weeks. Pretty, yeah. pretty good. All right, uh, let's go take a look at the waiver run. Last little bit, whatever you got left. Well, you know, maybe you got a high waiver. Probably not a lot of fab, but here are some of the top pickup guys over the last couple of weeks. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. 
I know how you're feeling right now. Stop it, stop it, don't do that. I'm here for you. Oh. In this league. <laughs> Looking at ESPN. ESPN. Tyler Naquin, most picked up player over the last seven days. Uh, 55 to 76% ownership change. Patrick Wisdom apparently was dumped in the in the uh, ESPN leagues. He was down to 28% a week ago. He's now up to 47%, 47.9 to be exact. Nicky Lopez was number two, Boggs. He was only 13% owned in ESPN. He's still only 31% owned. He's 42% on Yahoo. Do they just not care about stolen? Are these all point leagues? If they're points leagues, okay. I get it. I think but- it's dead leagues, man. I'm telling you, like people punch out after it's the rough. all-star break and it's just, it's kind of sad, man. And, well, football makes it really rough. It's not just all-star break either. It's like football yeah. makes it uh, really, really tough. There's a lot of intertwining. I mean, there's also the purists that, you know, there's the baseball people that do this bit where they're like, mm, look, I see all these people tweeting football. I better, uh, I better mute the word on Twitter. And it's just like, eh, I mean, long. yeah, I, you know, it, nope, not going to say it. Nope, no, not going to say no. it. Nope. You I sure? had stuff to say, but I'm going to go ahead and refrain. So oh, look at you holding back. Um, let's see. Most added uh, number four, Corey Kluber, who looks like he's coming back soon up to 73%. He was already 56% owned and Yasmani Grandal 61 to 77. That's your top five. You're six to 10 Edward Cabrera. Uh, moved up 16%. Ranger Did he get Suarez. sent back down? Because uh, he had a- an NA next to his name on Yahoo, but the first one I clicked on it, it didn't say that he had been sent down. So I was kind of wishy-washy about that. I think he's still there, and I think he's got one more start. But you're, you've are you got the... So like Pablo Lopez re-hurting himself is going to help a little yeah. bit. And you got Trevor Rogers coming back. I think he's going to get one more start, which, you know, he was... It was buckling. He was looking, uh, he was definitely looking good again. Uh, you had Ranger Suarez, Paul Seawald, Dalton Varsho, and Josiah Gray, all under 50% owned. The six through 10 most picked up players, all under 40% owned, uh, actually, to, as a matter of fact. The top drop players on ESPN, Tuki Desant is the non injury guy. Uh, you got Cole Irvin, Kyle Farmer, interestingly enough, down to 27%. Rafael Ortega, Willie Adamas. Those are clearly guys for people that are, um, uh, just roster movable. It's not, it's, some of it isn't necessarily performance. It's just, you know, quick churn and burn at this time of year. There's a lot of streaming going on. There's no time to waste. You know, I dumped, um, I don't know if you saw this in one of our, it's a complicated keeper league. So, you know, don't get too up in arms, but <laughs> he wouldn't have been keep. I wouldn't have kept him. Uh, Ramon Lariano who yeah. is suspended for being a big fat cheater. It's like 12 keepers and I've got way better keepers and he'll miss part of next year. I dumped Ramon Lariano to pick up Connor Joe, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I could have held on to Lariano in a keeper format. And maybe well, that's the get- thing. It's like, I think sometimes people get so caught up and do, well, I can't get rid of this guy because he's one of my keepers. Go win your money. You know, you're not going to have a chance for money every single year. Maybe you play in a Ruben Boob league and you will, but it even more point to uh, why it's okay to drop those keepable guys and pick up somebody different. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, just, uh, you know, make your move to win right now. If yeah, you're, if you're in striking distance, do it. 
do the thing over on CBS. The number one picked up player, Edward Cabrera from 23 to 45% owned. So that's picking up your pitchers. Corey Kluber's 82% owned. Now he was the number two most picked up player on CBS. Uh, no, you know, no shock there. Patrick wisdom, number three from 47. So he was under 50% owned last week to 63%. There is Connor Joe, who we speak of, who went from 20 to 35% and drew uh, Rasmussen, five to 20 percent that's your top five your bottom five ranger suarez bailey ober kyle freeland kiebert ruiz and uh paul seawalt those are your is it kybert or kiebert it is kiebert i think i keep saying kybert no no, you said kiebert there oh i did i I always say say uh kybert so when when he first came up i thought it was kybert but then there's a key in there so it's kiebert Right. Kiebert Ruiz. And then, you know, broadcasts will come out and they'll 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 probably be Not like, sure. oh, it's actually pronounced Kyle. And yeah, like, it's oh, actually okay. pronounced Frank. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff that I had to like. <laughs> out of my... uh, James Karinchak, top uh, drop player that's womp, not injured. Womp. 69, not nice, to 53% owned. I'm actually surprised he's still 53% owned. At this point of the year, holding on to him, it doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't yeah. even make any. He's not going to come out and get any saves in keeper leagues. I don't know. I would just move on. Uh, Griffin Jacks was the number two drop player uh, after Karen Jack, 43 to 27%. Tyler McGill, everyone is up in our, oh, what about Tyler McGill? Tyler McGill, <laughs> drop him. <laughs> Daniel Bard, Andrew Haney, um, Elijah Morgan. Those Did are you some boo Tyler McGill? Players. Did you boo? Boo. Cheese. Uh, and then Yahoo, number one added player, Tyler Naquin, up to 66% owned. Uh, Nikki Lopez, number two. Patrick Wisdom, Dalton Varsho, Yasmani Grandal, some of your top pickups. Uh, the bottom half of the pickups, Anthony Santander, Ty France, Ahmed Rosario, Colton Wong, Jake Myers, and Andy Abanez. God, I remember, did I just remember Andy Abanez in 2016 in the Arizona Fall League, <laughs> catching him. No one knew about him. He had just signed. I think this was some of his first pro ball. Was he just, Was he a 16-year-old when he signed? Was he no, he, he, no, he's like 20. He was like. 20 at the time 20 or 21 and he went out to the folly because he's like 25 or 26 right now so he was a little bit older that just that's one of those things where it's like boy i've been doing all of this for a while because i remember (laughs) you know he like it actually might have been his first at bats were in the fall league not even 28 right now uh the most uh uh, added pitchers by the way uh seawald who one two three got three saves this week right yeah three saves in the last seven days a one two three era uh, Ranger Suarez, Edward Cabrera, Kim Archer. Can you just call Paul Seawald the one, two, three kid. You know, it's so funny. There's a, uh, there's some character. It really screws me up. Yeah. He's the one, two, three kid, uh, that my kids, I don't even know who it is or understand it, but there's, is it blaze in the monster machine? No, but it's Jojo Seawald. And they always like, they've created some bit where they just call each other. They're like, what's up, Jojo Seawald? And I don't understand it at all. <laughs> I don't get any of it. So like, I will don't mess try with to them understand now. Kids bits. Uh, I mean, that's a losing uh, thing right there. Yeah. Like, so they're just, they like, they call people Jojo Seawald and I'm just like, okay. And I'm like, Hey, I call people a little cream hunts. And you know, so like, <laughs> I don't understand it. Um, Nestor Co- uh, Cortez, Tanner Hauk, Jordan Romano, some of the other pickups, as far as pitchers go, that's where you can go to do, do a little bit of streaming and you know ultimately like bogman said you, you make that quick trigger finger yeah later in the week also um we are going to be doing a heavy focus on the weekend pitchers that'll be what we're doing uh coming up here we might at, take some questions some playoff based questions if you have them itlballbag at gmail.com but we are going to focus on the weekend pitchers what the early two-start pitchers look like for next week and some streaming hitters it'll be very playoff focused 
a um, little bit, you know, since we've been focusing so much on Dynasty. So make sure you guys are tuned. And we might have a guest. I don't know if that's confirmed. We might have a little playoff uh, confirmation guest coming up. Check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash ITL Army. We got brand new ranks, prospects, and Dynasty coming up probably Friday, like I said. That's looking pretty good for Friday is when I will be dropping that uh, midseason update. And then next month, uh, coming off of September, it will have the in-season stuff. And I'm going to have early 2022 ranks. Probably, I'm thinking the end of the season. Like I might nice. drop them as the season comes up so you guys can check out 2020 Redraft. But I've also got Dynasty up there as well. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Anywhere but Google Podcast pretty much is what we can uh, promote <laughs> to all of you. I just reset, by the way. One of the, the hilarious things, I don't know what's going on, was with our, our Teespring store. So I'm going to see if it works right now. Like I couldn't even get into it. I was like, did we get like, we get smacked? Did, yeah. did it go what away did or something? I don't I know. Like, what did we do? We didn't do it. I don't Wasn't know. It wasn't me. I found it. So I think it, maybe I needed to verify this thing because it, it went away, but it looks like it's back. Let's see view ITL store. Yeah, it's still there. So we got the stuff. So I'll, I'll send out some links. Let's get some shirts. Get some stuff. Let's get some things. Uh, Patreon, shirts, on Twitter, at Is It The Welsh, at Bogman Sports. And good luck all your uh, playoff runs that are coming up. We've got a couple dynasty leagues, the ITL Original Dynasty, which is a 16-man league, and the three-sport, I've got playoff runs. Um, in the Bogman League, I've got playoff runs. And Bogman's got a couple of the entry league ones that we're doing. So we will be invested with you. And also coming in, I will say this is always relevant is your horror stories, your yes, horror yes. stories of uh, how did you get eliminated? Did or you eliminate somebody? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're pretty open. Uh, we love to hear those and your heartbreak and defeat. So make sure you send those in itlballbag at gmail.com. Friendos, come and have fun with us the rest of the week. We'll talk to you later in the week. It's Bogman. It's Welsh. We're out of here. Bye-bye. See ya. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. episode please leave us a review on itunes Monday, August 30th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, Jason Mauser. Good to see you. 
Good to see you. How's everything going? Things are going okay. And, uh, you know, just I'll just start with a quick uh, shout-out to everyone in the path of Hurricane Ida. And yeah. the, the early word at this point out of New Orleans is, you know, when you consider the it, – it made landfall at a faster speed than Hurricane Katrina – uh, for those of us who remember Hurricane Katrina, that you know that was that was sort of terrifying to to read that over the weekend, and uh, cautiously optimistic that uh, everybody's going to get through this okay. Um, yeah. With that, we've got some sports betting news, but we're going to start with the stock of the day, and that is Affirm Holdings, the buy and buy now, pay later business. Affirm is teaming up with uh, a young e-commerce site called Amazon.com. Uh, <laughs> Affirm's going to be a checkout option for certain Amazon customers in the United States starting on Friday. This is for purchases of $50 or more, and then uh, those customers can, if they want, split those purchases up into smaller monthly installments. Shares of Affirm, as of this moment, are up 44% today. Yes. I guess my first question is, is that how good this news is? 44% or is at least some of what we're seeing? I, I don't know. I'm sure there are a bunch of things that go into a stock spike like this. But ultimately, that's where I start with this. Like, how good is this for a firm? Well, I mean, it, it is really, it, it, it's very important news. I mean, this isn't something that results in immediate tangible uh, financial impact, right? I mean, there there is still a, okay, show me that this actually is going to work. Show me the money, so to speak. Um, but for a business in a firm which generated around, uh, what, $750 million essentially in revenue over the last 12 months, um, it, it's it's a big deal, and part of the part of the concern with a firm. I mean, there have been a couple of things with a firm that have, have you know have been worth worth uh, discussing a little bit, right? I mean, we saw the recent acquisition with with uh, Square buying Afterpay to get that presence into the buy now pay later, and and that's what a firm is known for too, right? Buy now pay later, um, and you know the, the criticism has has been that it more or less is a feature. And not necessarily a business on its own. Uh, now that remains to be seen. I mean, it, it clearly buy now pay later is gaining a lot of traction, and, and it's not to say that companies like a firm can't branch out and do other things. Um, but but I think that for for a firm, I mean, one of one of the bigger criticisms we've had uh, recently is just its reliance on one big customer, right? In Peloton, um, if you look at the numbers for the nine months ended March thirty first, twenty twenty. Uh, approximately 25% of a firm's revenue was driven by Peloton. Um, a year later, that number had crept up to 31%, right? And so you couple that with the news that Peloton is starting to cut prices, it's witnessing some slowing growth, they're having some litigation issues. Uh, you definitely, you're hoping to see a firm sort of spread that risk out, take the take the eggs out of uh, that one basket, so to speak. And that's what this deal, that's what this news ultimately accomplishes. So I certainly understand the enthusiasm. It doesn't mean these guys are out of the woods and they've got it all figured out. But this was absolutely a headline uh, that that they needed. In the short public life of a firm holdings, this is a stock that 
has been down in the mid 40s. It's been as high as the mid 140s. And with this move today, it's around $100 a share. It's, it's kind of where it was when it IPO'd earlier this year. Do you think part of what we're seeing here is, at least for some investors, a, a bet slash hope that this first partnership with Amazon is a prelude to Amazon acquiring a firm somewhere down the line. Um, and, and, if, and if people are thinking that, how valid? Like, how much <laughs> should they put in that? How, well, how much should they hope for that? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that I would hope for it. I mean, I think Amazon typically isn't. You know, it, it's certainly a firm needs this way more than Amazon does, right? I mean, it's not the other way around. Um, and I mean, the one thing that stood out to me when this news came out, I thought, you know what? I mean, I, I, we use Amazon a pretty good bit in our household. And I, I just, I'd always, I knew that I had always seen some type of installment plan or a way to break up payments when, when you'd purchase something on Amazon. I just, I couldn't remember specifically what it was because I've never used it, but ultimately what, uh, you know, what Amazon has done up to this point, they offer, you know, you can break out the purchase over six months, uh, via your Amazon prime rewards visa. Right. And so there, Amazon was offering something similar, but it was through their financial product in their, in their card. So I think that for, for customers, ultimately, this is great in that it offers up one more option. Now, it remains to be seen how utilized this option actually really is, because it's worth noting. I mean, this isn't just a firm breaking these purchases out and you just get them interest free. I mean, it depends on what you're buying and who you are. Some of these, some of these purchases will reflect interest. Um, and, and so you have to sort of weigh that with folks who, you know, have an Amazon prime rewards visa. Maybe they just want to continue to use that and get the, get the points. Maybe, uh, you know, the, the younger generations coming up in, into the world here have, have a, a more skeptical view of credit cards and don't want to uh, consistently rely on just having to open credit cards, which is very understandable as well. I, I, I don't know that Amazon looks at this and says, wow, a firm is just a company that we need, uh, and this is going to be sort of the first step in really understanding how we can work better together. Um, to me, it, it, it feels like th there would just be better opportunities for Amazon to try to invest uh, their capital. Because, I mean, a firm, given where it is today, I mean, yeah, it made you know, a little bit more than $750 million in the last 12 months. This is an $18-plus billion company. I mean, the market has bid this thing through the roof based on you know the potential in this buy now pay later space um so i i don't i don't necessarily look at a firm as as a you know an attractive acquisition target so to speak now granted afterpay was acquired for around 29 billion dollars um a couple things there though square that was an all stock deal so cheaper currency um, and, and I think there was also a timing issue there, right? I think Square felt a little bit under the gun to get something going, and they just they didn't have the time to focus on building it, so they decided to buy it. Um, Amazon is not really in any kind of a position where they need an affirm as a part of their business. Uh, so I think ultimately the two the two parties that really win here are, of course, affirm. Well, three parties really: affirm, affirm shareholders, and consumers, because it's uh, it just represents one more choice, which is good. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that Disney is looking to license the ESPN brand to major sports betting companies. Reportedly, Disney is seeking $3 billion over a several-year period. They are talking with Caesars Entertainment and DraftKings. 
I'm not saying there would be no risk to a deal like this, but if Disney's able to get a few billion out of the ESPN brand for something like this, this seems, if not a no-brainer, it seems like a good move. I, I think it, it's definitely a good move for them to at least test the waters and see what they could get from it. I think this is the easiest way for them to participate in this space without necessarily being beholden to all of the red tape that comes with it, um, the licensing, the payouts, uh, just the sort of that that affiliation, right? I mean, we have to remember that ESPN, of course, owned by Disney. Disney has a, a certain uh, brand awareness, right? There's a certain affiliation there, and, and you don't want to start seeing them having to shore up a sort of a sin stock type identification, even if it's just for one little part of their business. Um, and so I think this gives them the opportunity to participate in what is becoming a, a uh, an attractive opportunity in, in sports betting. Uh, but, but, you know, they don't, they don't have to necessarily get into the middle of it, which, which makes a big difference. Now I, I wonder to me, it's tough to say whether a legacy brand like ESPN necessarily carries the same sway here. I mean, maybe it does, but when you look at you look at the modern day sports entertainment uh, landscape, the brands, the partnerships. I mean, you have companies out there like Barstool, for example, which was acquired by Penn. They have Barstool Sportsbook. You have Outkick, which was I think recently purchased by Fox. They have Outkick sports betting powered by FanDuel. Uh, you've got other little concepts out there. My bookie was starting to gain a lot of traction there. I, I, I don't know necessarily how important it is for any of these sports books to actually carry that ESPN brand. That's the question I kind of I'm not quite certain of. It probably doesn't hurt. But again, I feel like this is something where ESPN more than likely isn't going to be necessarily dictating terms um, much like the affirm thing, I feel like ESPN probably needs this more than the other way around. Um, but but I absolutely understand why they're pursuing it. It makes perfect sense. Um, but but to your earlier point, I mean, this is in the context of a business in Walt Disney that did sixty three billion dollars in revenue over the last twelve months. So a three billion dollar licensing deal spread out over several years. Sure, that's great. Kind of a drop in the bucket for the business, but it also does give uh, ESPN and therefore Disney an opportunity to participate in this in this market and and see where it goes. It will be interesting to see if this comes to fruition. The extent to which content, ESPN content, is part of the deal. Because if you're Caesars, if you're DraftKings, you know the. Like anybody, they are looking for engagement. They are looking for ways to keep people on their platform or, in some cases, physically in their sports book. If exclusive ESPN sports betting oriented content is part of the deal, uh, then I think it does make uh, it more compelling for whether it's Caesars, DraftKings, or someone else. I, I think you're right. I think it also, I think it's important that the, the the folks involved with this, I think the folks involved with ESPN, I mean, it needs to be, it needs to be believable. I mean, these need to be, in other words, the content associated with this, it needs to be coming from people with skin in the game, right? People who know what they're doing, people who are 
making these bets, familiar with the betting landscape and how things work. I mean, you, you want people very familiar with this line of work uh, to, to be out there delivering that content. Otherwise, it just it comes across, I think, as probably uh, maybe a little bit disingenuous, right? I mean, I, I don't know if if it comes across quite as as believable as if you get it from from something like a barstool or an outkick for example because they have built these these parts of their business solely around this and and, and these 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 folks these guys there that companies like these they just they they eat breathe and, and live this stuff and so I, I think that would be the one thing is they would need to make sure that they get the talent uh the individuals in place who really who really embrace this, right? Who really embrace it and know what they're doing. Otherwise, it, it, it comes across as probably a little bit half-hearted uh, and, and, and maybe doesn't work out. Today is Warren Buffett's birthday. Happy 91st birthday to Mr. Buffett, <laughs> One, who there's no chance whatsoever he's actually listening. Yeah. Um, and among other things, I think this, this gives hope uh, for people who don't have the best eating habits in the world, because if you know anything <laughs> about Warren Buffett and uh, his uh, daily morning visit to McDonald's for breakfast, his love of Dairy Queen, of Cherry Coke, um, again, it just it you know it provides a little bit of hope for for those of us who you know aren't necessarily digging into that kale salad every night. Um, you, you've prepared a list. You have a little. You have a little birthday list for Mr. Buffett. Well, sure. I mean, listen. It's. It, it, I've been following uh, Mr. Buffett for as long as I've been following the Fool, which has been been decade plus. Um, and he's just he's had a profound impact on me as an investor. There are a million and one quotes out there from this guy, and they're all good. Some of them a little bit more folksy than others. But I have. Yeah, I picked I, five quotes that I think are just worth remembering that make you smile. They'll make you think. Um, but, but let's hit it here. So, so first quote, uh, is, is risk comes from not knowing what you are doing. Um, and, and just put it into simpler terms. This doesn't even have to be specific to investing. I mean, ultimately you, you got to know what you're doing, right? And I feel like these days we see, you know, the day uh, in the days of stonks and memes and, in Reddit and in just uh, my Wall Street bets. I mean, it does feel like there's a lot of speculation, a lot of folks out there that maybe don't necessarily know what they're doing. It's not to say that can't work out for them. Maybe it does, but they're taking on uh, a little bit more risk than probably needed to if they just uh, take a little time and get themselves educated. Uh, so that's one. Next one here. Number two, there seems to be some perverse human characteristic that likes to make easy things difficult. And I feel like, you know, my mom has been telling me this for, for probably all of my life. She's been telling me I just make things way harder than they have to be. And maybe <laughs> that's where I feel like I got this idea. It's something I, I always say. I mean, I, maybe that's where this, this came from. I don't know. But it's just, to me, investing is as easy or as difficult as you want to make it. And, and so I think that's why this, this quote resonated with me. That a lot of things in life, you just, you just don't have to make it so, so difficult. But uh Nevertheless, some people just just really take joy, I guess, in making things as tough as they as tough as they can. Uh, next quote number three: Unless you can watch your stock holding decline by fifty percent without becoming panic stricken, you should not be in the stock market. And I could not agree with this more, Chris. I have had more than one holding uh, get cut in half or worse. 
but they are businesses that I liked. They are businesses I believed in, and I saw those businesses and I saw their stock prices come roaring back over time simply because the business performed. You have to accept the fact that you're going to see that happen. Uh, that's why we advise uh, diversification. Uh, that's why we advise knowing what you are doing. Back to that first quote. Uh, but you have to you have to understand that you're going to see that uh, in in the short run. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to last. Um, I've also been in that position, and I will just add that it certainly helps if you're able to extend your time horizon. Yes. Your stock drops fifty percent, and you're like, I was I was thinking about I I was going to sell this in the next year or so. It's like uh, it's you know if you if you can make that five, ten, twenty years, uh, you sleep better at night. Easily, easily, absolutely. And this next quote: Buy into a company because you want to own it, not because you want the stock to go up. I mean, this is exactly in line with the way we invest here at the Fool: business-focused investing. And it's exactly how I taught my daughters from the very beginning. We're not, you know, buying these lottery tickets, so to speak, like Peter Lynch would say. We're buying into businesses. Find these businesses that you like—a business and a company that you want to be an owner of. The stock is just the instrument that gives you that ownership. And uh, and so I think it's important to view that perspective. There, we're, we're focusing on buying into the business. The stock is just the instrument that gives us the ownership. Uh, and then finally, you know, this one—it's a little. Little humor, I think, but uh, but I think the underlying point is a very important one. You can't you can't produce a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant, Chris. <laughs> uh, you know this, I know this. I think a lot of folks know know this. Um, yet, for for so many investors out there, they just don't have the patience. They want to get rich quick. That's not how it works. You got to take the longer view, see the forest for the trees. Uh, understand that good things do take time, uh, and and, uh, and and you will you will certainly be a better investor for it. Happy birthday, Mr. Buffett, Jason Moser. Yes, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. On the Motley Fool, may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.